Hello and welcome to episode 140 of Flicks in the Six. I'm one of your hosts, Anthony Costanzo, with me, forever and always, the man, the myth, the immortal yeast, Alessandro Bielsi. Say hello, Al. We'll call it Operation Spicy Lube. <laughs> this week's episode, we catch up after hiatus with some news and nuggets and an oddly specific quiz, all before diving into our flick of the week, The Old Guard. But first, Al, what are we drinking? The Immortal Yeast, I like that. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I was just thinking that maybe going forward, that's all I really have to do, is just put yeast at the end of anything generic, and that could be your nickname. <laughs> <laughs> well, I like that, you know, both of us, we don't always use something directly from the movie, but that we often sure. do. Yeah. Um, and so that was a good play on the wild yeast with the Immortal Yeast in this case. Right. I I do think that maybe we should when when we do bottle inevitably bottle and sell your beer uh, on the description it could say whatever we want it to say I think it should have ancient grains and immortal yeast <laughs> <laughs> made with real ancient grains and immortal yeast <laughs> uh, sorry I will more on this later when we get to news and nuggets and what we're watching specifically, but I finished finally the second season of the politician and mm. Bette Midler consistently cracked me up. That was, she was solid. The operations spicy lube really got me. <laughs> the, the operation spicy lube is a tremendous, it's a tremendous call out from that season. But my particularly favorite part is the whole Geronimo thing. The, the oh monologue. Of how he how he feels empowered when he's wearing it. <laughs> so good. More on that later. Um, we are drinking industrially, industrially, industrial arts. We're after a fantastic start after my computer crashing <laughs> and I can't speak. Industrial arts brewing company. Yes, farms. Yes, beer. Yes, Al. I'm gonna just continue to read phrases. New York State Grove. <laughs> Easy. <laughs> India Pale Ale. <laughs> uh, it's exactly it, how it is on the it, can. It is a so. list of facts, indeed. Six, and no other information. 6% alcohol by volume, one pint. Everything in, in the, snippets of two, or I guess couplets, maybe? Well, couplets are lines, not words. Whatever. Sure. Sure. Uh, industrial arts, they they do the, all the tools, right? Like the wrench, the pocket wrench, the... Saga wrench, the, the wrenches. The, it sounds like wrenches. The wrenches, yeah, yeah. I, I think basically the entire brewery is built around the concept of erector sets. Oh, okay, that's cool. Well, no, I'm like that's just what I'm throwing out from what little. Oh, I thought you were serious, and I really wanted to go. Well, you said wrenches, and so I, and I've seen pictures. It's very like steampunk, uh, which has been like a thing for like you know ever like modern breweries. Like Dogfish Head has some like that weird like mobile or whatever that fucking display is in front of it okay uh, uh for whatever reason dude a rector set i haven't thought about that toy in a very long time that thing was fun but at the same christmas that i got that toy i got another toy with a solder like a fake soldering iron and it was i think we might have talked about this on the show before but it's basically like this giant plastic shell of a truck and you use this fake plastic solder to put all of these little things on it, like doors and guns and all this stuff. And then you just slam it into things and it, <laughs> it breaks into a million pieces and you put it back together. Oh my God. It um, was awesome. <laughs> it's funny. You mentioned that. I don't a hundred percent remember talking about that in, in this show. I definitely have mentioned erector sets on this sure. show before. 
and it was one in which we had a guest. I don't recall the guest, and they thought I was making a dick joke. That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember who it was. It might have been Gary. It might have it's been a fine Brian. line, for sure. I, um, I, can, I can hear Gary's laugh around a rector set. That's... <laughs> Uh, but industrial arts is, I think it's across the river from me. It's probably like half an hour or so from me mm. in New York. Um, skill, I want to say, or maybe it's Beacon. It's one of those. Okay. Um, I think I've had like one of their beers before. I know my brother has had some. I know some mm. of my friends have had some. Yeah. I'm not super familiar with them overall. What I've had, I like. So let's give this one a taste, shall we? Cheers. Cheers. I tried to hit the microphone to make a clink, and I just muted the microphone. <laughs> you know, I was waiting for the clink. I was like, you know, I try to do it when I have the ability to, um, but I didn't have anything glass near me. And you usually bail us out, so it doesn't matter. Sure. And that was the one time you didn't. <laughs> it, just, it just immediately went dead silent. How is this beer? No one will even know, because apparently your thing just tightens. All that- the silent- <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That is true. Uh, it's pretty tasty. Um, it's a break from the many juicy IPAs that we've done in mm. the past year. Uh, this is a more straight up tried and true yeah. IPA. Uh, a little bit more of that like actual bitterness that is actually kind of nice. Yeah, but not an overwhelming amount. Not no, not, not the punch you in the mouth bitter, but yeah. the, but the tasty bitters. Um, yeah, it's it's good. It's a I. This yep. is not my favorite of theirs, um, but it's got, it's, it's got a nice creamy mouthfeel. It definitely does. Uh, I was actually, I'm more concerned with, uh, I don't know, I, I feel like I'm operating at 80% of what all of my beer is going to taste like on account of it went real warm for a while there. <laughs> but uh, it's so far, it's so good. This one's, this one seems to be holding up. Fuck you, Hurricane Isaias. <laughs> Man, that sucked. What a if great- you've noticed, we are two episodes out now because of that. Well, that was only responsible for one of the episodes. I don't recall exactly what happened uh, hey, the first time. Hey, hey. I didn't say that it was responsible for the first time. I said that we're two out because of it. Well, the funny thing is, I was thinking about it the other day, too. I was like, man, this really sucks. It's been a while since we missed two weeks. Sure. And I was like, well, what the fuck happened the first week? I was like, I remember Anthony went out of town for a couple of days, but yeah. we were supposed to have recorded before that. So yeah. what happened that the rescheduled date wasn't going to work? And I honestly can't remember. It's not clear to me. I'm sure there's a text chain, but I don't care enough to look. No, no, God, no. <laughs> God, God, no. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Uh, See, you know, this is what you expect to get from us when you come back from a hiatus. Our hiatus it, episodes, it, we just we talked about pretty recently, too. I think we did it on the show. Maybe it was just yeah. talking, but yeah, no. Uh, our hiatus episodes, our hiatus breaking episodes tend to be pretty strong. And they are. It, it almost makes me wonder if we should turn this into a two week or three week show just because we come back with gold. We're I refreshed. Think, I think maybe we just need to work slash build in periodic <laughs> breaks. Oh, I thought you were just going to say, I just think we should be better the other time. <laughs> well, there's that too. But, um, no, I think we should maybe consider working. Which is fair. <laughs> Like a week off, like not every okay. month per se, yeah. but maybe every yeah. other month, just I to give the creative juices a yeah. chance. To we could do we could do something equivalent to like when I had half days on the first Friday of every month. We could do we could do no episode that week. Ooh, or even just strip down episode. Ooh, half episode Friday. Yes. Um, <laughs> okay. Also, we, we just we just arbitrarily I just arbitrarily edit the second half of whatever we recorded out, <laughs> and then in four weeks you get that. <laughs> 
Well, I, I mean, it's also coinciding with my work schedule has become much more agreeable. And specifically okay. the last two weeks, Wednesday is being designated as my light day. Both okay. because my boss's boss's boss wants me to work less hours, wants everyone sure. to work less hours, but wants me specifically to work less hours, both to control their costs and also so they don't kill me because sure. they enough. do value me and they're like, we, <laughs> we need you to not leave. <laughs> fair, fair enough. Um, so Wednesdays are a good day for recording. Wednesday it is. I feel pretty good. Um, I have a tighter timeline. I have a tighter turnaround time, but honestly, it's not really that big of a deal. Well, I mean, it's definitely not as tight as the Thursday recording one. No, that, those are tough. Those are tough. That's when it when it's when it publishes sometime around four o'clock because I don't get a chance to do it in the morning. Or then I do Sunday. it very quickly during lunch, and then I forget to actually hit publish. And I go, ah, oh, god damn it! And then right before my meeting, I go, let me just go in there real quick and hit publish. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, back to this beer. It is pretty tasty. I enjoy it. It's definitely something yeah. I drink. Uh, Industrial Arts, if I recall, is kind of expensive, though, so I don't know that I would necessarily mm. pay for Yeah, this. I think it was like a 14 jam for four. Yeah, that sounds some like about right. So I don't know that this is worth the cost. I that's be... that's tall beer prices right there. <laughs> yeah, like you, you want it to be exceptional when you're paying that. It's the, sure. the issue I had, you know, you and I had talked about a few weeks ago, other half brewing, right? Uh, I think so. And so my friend Mike is a huge fan of Other Half. He talks about it all the time. And he sent me something. Actually, now it's getting on to like two weeks ago now. He sent me something that they are now shipping across the state. And I was like, oh, I got to look into buying mm. Promptly forgot to. Um, but they are similarly priced. I was like, man, it better be as good as you've been fucking holding it out to me. Because right. like a four-pack of Newberg, like brown or cream, is like $9. Which yeah. is a pretty reasonable craft, like, price i'd say yeah that's a deal for for a four pack of pints i dare say a bargain (laughs) um and you know for something like terra boss which is you know really high alcohol you know like that one is like 12 or something like that sure uh sure and so like that's fine if you're gonna have like that sort of striation but if like 14 is what you're getting in at the like the ground floor and like potentially better stuff is more that's a tough sell yeah like on a consistent basis at least Um, i think i think that's fair this is solid but not like this is not better than something like brown or cream from Newberg. So I'm not going to pay 50% more. Right. Right. So, so where are you coming in on the score? Um, Oh, you, you're throwing the thuckles to me. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I would give this, we're coming at this score. Thuckles first. <laughs> I would give this two thuckles, which would do th- like one thumb, thumb if we're going to okay. do, you know, like really okay. the lowest common denominator. Yeah. Uh, is it is it like a, it's a two thuckle situation where like the cuts are not so even, so it doesn't really add up to a thumb? <laughs> is that where? It's like are we getting that a situation where like if you have partial like dollar bills that you can like redeem some of them but not all of them because this one is more than fifty percent of a bill but this one is less than fifty percent of a bill. <laughs> right, right, right. I'm just a bill. Uh, <laughs> yes, I'm on, I Cap- did it. I'm on Capitol Hill. <laughs> It's so good. Uh, yeah, I think uh, by basically by converting to a completely thuckle system, the, our five point scale goes to ten. Right? Is that what is that we're we're working with now? Well, kind of no, because we have negative two. Th- we have negative four thuckles and positive four thuckles and zero. So it's technically a nine. Whoa! You can go negative on the thuckle. <laughs> well, thumbs down. Thuckles down. Sure. Because right, it's not but zero to one down, two down, nothing. One up, two up is five, five points. Yeah, I guess so. 
So, yeah. so it's, it's gonna, just it's gonna be fuckle math. It's, gonna it's be not. <laughs> it's nine. Oh yeah, I guess you're not going zero. Yeah, like the zero doesn't double. Like <laughs> that's fair. It's a nine point scale. Yeah. The thing, the game is rigged. <laughs> well, that's that's what happens when you work in base fuckle math. <laughs> oh my god! What is happening? Okay. Uh, it's the hiatus episode is getting to us. I'm, I'm, you said you said one and a thuckle. Is that what you said? Yeah. No, no you said two no, thuckles. Two thuckles. Two thuckles. One, so one, one thumb. thumb. All right. I'm, I think I'm with you on that. I was going to give this a thumb as well. Uh, cool. All right. Well, thank you. Yes, farms. Yes, beer. Yes, thuckles. Uh, shall yes, we get into yes some to hijacking the show? Because I told you I was going to do. That. Oh, it's happening! It's happening! <laughs> well, you told me that I'm basically running the news and nuggets. Set. Yeah, I did. So. Uh, so Anthony is going to just, you know, if he wants to muse about something right now, he can. I got to take my headphones off real quick, so. <laughs> buttercream, buttercream, crockskin, buttercream. What size is the waist? Let's I'm go doing in. something that I rarely oh, no. do on the show. I'm oh, my God. On. He's putting a shirt on. <gasps> it has arrived? It has arrived. I'm so, so this, excited. You have so to this, stand up, though. I can't see it. This arrived in time <laughs> for. Oh, it's so good. This arrived in time for our episode, the first one that we missed. <laughs> So this is the juice boss or the terror boss. I forget which one it was. Tank top. Uh, it's actually phenomenal. I'm always it's so good of buying slash wearing tank tops because same like actual tank tops because a lot of times they have like the really like big arm openings that come down to like your fucking ribs. Yeah. That I don't like. And yeah. also this is like nice. It's like a fitted one. It's not like one of those like big fucking it looks like they just like slapped two pieces yeah. of fabric together. It fit perfectly. It's an XL. Uh Oh, man. And we're both wearing these to the beach on Saturday. Oh, thank God. I mean, of course. Yeah. So 100%. you're going to get Newberg beer on Saturday. You're going to get oh. your Newberg, Tarabas, Juice Boss. I oh, which boy. He's sailing on a fucking boat. This is so good. It's got a sweet. What a day. What a day. This is awesome. Thanks, cuz. So, uh, Does it yeah. come with empanadas? What's that? Does it come with empanadas? Oh. Uh, <laughs> Are you going to try to get empanadas for the beach day? Oh no! I could try and stop there and pick them up. I don't know if they sell, sell if they'll like sell them carry out yeah. cold. Sure. Um, I'm also not sure where I stand on like 9 a.m. empanadas, but well, no, but you could stick them in the cooler and take them home. Oh no, I can't. <laughs> you think I'm going to wait to eat those? <laughs> You're going to eat cold empanadas? <laughs> you just see me just with my just my stomach out on the beach, just housing an empanada. This is a bad idea. You're gonna eat cold Saturday morning beach empanadas. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I'm really excited about this tank top. Right, and I hate tank tops. <laughs> uh, it's the fuckle of shirts. Yeah, <laughs> That's I don't what either, it is. But this is the good kind. Like it's it's fitting. Yeah. It's got the, like, it's not, like, tight, but it's got the snug fit, like, sleeveless, mm-hmm. like, like, armholes. Like, nice. this is a good tank top because yeah. the last time I bought a tank top, like, a decade ago, it was the sure. like, the basketball jersey type one, but, like, not fit. Oh, yeah. And it's, like, a fucking sail. Your, mm-hmm. Like, your arm is swimming in, like, free air. Like, I, I, yeah, I don't, I don't like that. Those. I don't like that at all. That's awesome. This I'm excited. T- this is a good tank top. Ugh, sweet. Oh, man. What a gem. Let's get into some news and nuggets. Okay. Um, you, so fun fact. Two weeks worth, and I also did not coordinate with you before the show to find out how many, what we're talking about, so this is just Al doing the news. Well, I realized that like 
one or two of the things I had on there I didn't even like actually like. Sick. So we don't have as many them. as I get feared. Them. Also, none of them get are them out of there. the past like four days. So uh, <laughs> I've been accumulating them over the past. So so two they're weeks. news adjacent. Yeah, well, I mean, one of them is a pretty long discussion point. So. They're stale nuggets. So, well, I have uh, a new, a nugget, mm-hmm. a discussion point. Ooh. And then some what we're watching and such and so forth. So, <laughs> I'm sorry, were those two more things to put on the list so that I can keep track? No, or actually, such, a and, such so and, forth and so forth, forth is or is that one? Such and so forth. And a so forth. It's a couplet or whatever we established that thing was. <laughs> What do you want first? <laughs> uh, give me the new. Okay. I also lied. Some of these are more than one of these is new. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Here's the news. Um, more than 80% of the U.S. can see Tenet in theaters on September 3rd. That's like the text message that I got about how much of us are going to get power back by Friday. <laughs> <laughs> Well, so the funny thing is, I'm gonna like the headline was more than eighty percent of the U.S. can see Tenet in theaters on September third, right? So in the headline, Tenet is in one quotation mark to denote a title, but I sure. want to put two quotation marks in the word "can." Mm. Like, sure, many people can see, it, right? Will they? Right. <laughs> and not right. because the movie won't be excellent, because I'm sure it will be, but sure. who in their right well, I'll tell you who in their right mind is people not wearing masks. Who in their right mind yeah. is going to sit in a theater to watch this movie? You know what I mean? Yeah. Of the people who aren't wildly ragingly stupid who want to kill us all, um, who is gonna see this movie? Now right. contention. And I feel <laughs> like I should have heard this somewhere in the world. Only noticed it because I, you know, drove past it. One of the indoor movie theaters near me put a big fucking screen on the front of their building and they're yeah. going to do parking lot drive-in now. Yeah. Smart. Also, why did they not advertise <laughs> advertise this? Oh, no, that's a good point. Yeah, I went to one recently and it was amazing. Yeah, I mean, like, it makes sense if you have such a parking lot where it's available. Sure, uh, yeah. Sure, you know, your revenue will be much lower than it would have been if you had a normal movie theater, which... But it's greater happen. than zero. Yeah, greater than zero. People, you know, can be working there. People can, sure. you know go watch the movies and buy tickets and all that. Um, it is in such a place where no one, it, it, the the one that I saw uh, is in such a place where no one can like park across the street and like mm-hmm. pirate it. So like, it's in like, like both directions to get into the parking lot is like a long driveway, but like right. you can see the building from the road, but at such an angle that you wouldn't actually be able to watch the movie. So to be like Fair. facing like head on, you wouldn't actually there's no way you could accomplish pirating the movie. So they actually have an ideal setup for this sort of. That's fair. I actually thought about that with the one that I went to is that I could have just not gone in and turned to that FM station that was playing it. Yeah, like your Cinemark, you could park it in Costco. Well, that's that's true. Well, this was at a this wasn't there. This was at a um like a big campus like office building area that they decided to actually do something with while this is all going down, which is pretty brilliant. Okay. But uh, but yes, there was plenty of places that I could have probably just stopped. I guess something about private property, I guess they could they could tell you to leave. But they could. Yeah. Will they? <laughs> um I will read us a snippet of this article. This was from July 30th, which is the day after I remember why we couldn't record. My dad's birthday was the day we were gonna record. Oh, happy birthday, Uncle Pete. <laughs> um 
There's no shortage of social media naysayers, but Christopher Nolan's Tenet has many reasons to keep its September 3rd domestic opening. And I think the word keep is funny. It eight times. Right. Granted, if Warner Bros. had had to wait for New York and Los Angeles to open, that date would be highly unlikely. Those regions are traditionally so key that many films initially open in those two cities alone. But with Tenet, we can reasonably expect the inverse. It will open almost everywhere except in those major metropolitan areas. <coughs> As Warner Brothers yeah. announced, Tenet will show in, quote, select cities. Not all. They know it won't initially play everywhere, including the top two markets in the country. Given COVID-19, all the subjects change. But nowadays, that asterisk must follow any long-range planning. Nolan's film is scheduled to open in eighty, or sorry, 80, in fifty territories between uh, August twenty-sixth and twenty-eighth, including Germany, Canada, the United Kingdom, France, Italy, Korea, and Australia. Other major comp- countries like uh, Russia and Japan follow soon thereafter. China has also approved the film for release, albeit without a date. Hmm. Um, that's kind of all of the important bits of this. Sure, man. It's such a bummer that we haven't seen it already. There's a, that, that parallel universe where we already have and have already done an episode on it is... Ugh. You know, I want to be there. I want to be there. Forget about just that. Um, it's hard to forget about that. We were both super excited for it. But I was in a store for work the other day, and there was a little cardboard merchandise shipper for, like, Frito-Lays type stuff, and it was themed with Wonder Woman and mm. it said in theaters June 4th. I was like, wow, that was supposed to be holy. Oh in my June. God. I was like, I completely forgot. That's like funny. that was like a summer movie, like early summer movie. Totally forgot. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's, that's lame. Like I actively remembered that we missed that movie. Like I thought it was supposed to be like now, like not two months ago. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's crazy. I, uh, I'm kind of bummed about, I, I mean, I'm, Obviously, the, the, it's, the whole thing is a bummer. Oh, I uh, I don't know. I, I would pay I would pay a large sum of money to watch it at home, though, if they wanted to, if it make that available to me. But uh, obviously, I would as well. Speaking of paying a large sum, sum of mon- money to watch a new movie at home, Mulan, yeah. to be released on Disney Plus, twenty nine ninety nine, I believe, is the price. What are your thoughts on this? Um, dangerous territory. Uh, how so? It's on Disney Plus. Uh, I believe it'll be offered through Disney Plus. I think you have to purchase it for twenty nine ninety nine to watch it. And then I get then you have it. Yes, I believe so. Not one hundred percent sure. I don't have a story up right now. I okay, the dangerous territory aspect comes in uh, at some point in eight months. Will it be free, or is it officially you have to buy it for this amount of money if you want to watch it? And the only way to buy it is through Disney Plus. I'm going to guess that they will keep a long lead time until you can access it. Okay. Because they, they're going to want you to pay for it, but then everything else sure. subsequently on Disney Plus and my cursor froze again. Never mind. Sure. Doing the computer browser I, thing. I'm okay with I'm okay with paying to see it brand new like that right now. I, I, I'm, I'm happy to pay for movies. Um, my concern comes into play with, the way that Disney has done like vault things in the past. Mm-hmm. And if it's going to set some sort of odd precedent for like Disney, like theoretically uh, in about nine months from now, you would have been able to watch Mulan on Disney plus for free, not for free, but through your subscription price. So here's a story on the verge. How much will it actually cost to watch Mulan on Disney plus? This was from mm-hmm. well, today, actually. Hmm. 
Yeah. Mulan is set to premiere on Disney Plus on September 4th, and it comes with a hefty price tag of $30. In reality, for non-Disney Plus subscribers who want to watch the studio's live-action adaptation of Mulan, it's actually going to cost $37. A new trailer for Mulan clears up any confusion around the cost of watching the film, mainly that in order for people to watch the movie, they have to be active Disney Plus subscribers. Mulan will belong to Disney Plus's, quote, premiere access shelf a new rental platform that acts as an iTunes or Amazon movie store within Disney's own streaming service. For current subscribers, Mulan will cost $29.99. For non-subscribers, a Disney Plus subscription purchase of $6.99 per month is necessary on top of the $29.99 fee for the film itself. But keeping the film also requires an active Disney Plus membership, which means spending That's not okay. a month in perpetuity. If you cancel your subscription, Mulan disappears with it doesn't carry over to other video services through Movies Anywhere, which is a departure from how Disney usually treats video purchases. That means much less flexibility for the customer. If you cancel your yeah. subscription but reactivate Disney Plus later in time for a new season of The Mandalorian or WandaVision, Mulan should be in your library, but The Verge has reached out to Disney for confirmation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's not okay to me. Uh, that's okay for me right now with the way things currently are, but I can't. I feel like that's something that they're going to s- stick with. What do you mean? I don't know. I feel like it's a it's an offering that they might. Not only is it's good for them right now, right, because it's a way to get the movie out that they spent this money on that they need to start recouping on. But are they going to continue to do this premiere shelf thing? And if so, in the future. Is it going to be that it's a if I unsubscribe from the service, I don't have it like that? That seems it just seems a little odd to me. Yeah, I would agree that it would feel like you should be able to hold on to the purchase price. Right. Thing. It's it's more money than the than the actual physical thing would be when you purchase it in the store. Yeah, but I, I imagine it's because they're doing an accounting of the fact that, you know, it's predominantly going to be parents bringing their children to see the movie. Right. Sure. And so you're talking about four. Maybe a family of four, potentially. Yeah, of course. So I'm actually okay with the price because I get the thinking behind it. I'm okay with the price. I'm not okay with not – just because I'm not getting the theater experience. I'm not – any of that stuff. I don't know. I'm not not okay with purchasing it and then not owning it. It's a weird thing because I'm okay with the subscription. Yeah. Well, I – you know, actually, though, I'm kind of coming around on it because think about it. If you buy four movie tickets – you don't get permanent access to that movie experience. No, you don't, but you do get to go to, I don't know. For me, what I'm paying for is the experience in the theater. Sure. When I purchase a movie to watch it at home, what I'm paying for is the ownership of the movie and my ability to watch it wherever and however I want. Agree. But that's second purchase, right? That's, that's fair. That's fair. Um, Okay. Here's the thing though. I feel like if you, if they had made it, 60 and it's mine i would be more okay with it so you'd be okay if they offered two options 30 you get it if you cancel you lose it because think about it that's fair yeah i'd be okay with two options because you know to to be honest they're they're kind of making a bet here right that you'll be willing to hold on to and there's actually further down in the article they're saying that this is potentially the thinking is that they seem to be trying to eliminate the churn of subscribers who are going to subscribe for a month to watch mm-hmm. Mandalorian, cancel it for the rest of the year, and then subscribe again when the Mandalorian comes back, or WandaVision, or whatever your show. You know, pick your show yep. that someone's going to like tune in for. Um, if you risk losing this, that you may not want to 
do that anymore, which I guess kind of makes sense. And think about it. Like, again, it's first purchase, right? If you're watching a movie in the movie theater, yeah. you know, you wouldn't have access to it after watching it the first time. This is actually a value when you think about it that way. Of the, sure. Oh, I could watch this again. You know, the kids loved it. We can watch it again in a month if they really want to watch it or tomorrow sure. or whatever the fuck they want to watch it. Right. Yeah. It's weird. I, I, yes, I completely agree with you. I do think that for me personally, I would be more willing to spend the extra money for the ownership of the, of the, well, it's not even an owner. It's like a license, right? You get like some sort of digital license for it. It's not even like you own the thing. Yeah. Cause if you want uh, to port it to something like putting it on Plex, you know, because you have a digital library. Sure, which I'm pretty sure technically you're not even really allowed to do. Which doesn't make sense to me. Like if you no. if you have legally purchased something, doesn't make that's a, that's a legal platform to use yeah. for things you've purchased. Why you wouldn't be able to port it directly to that? Like that doesn't 100%. Make sense. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> which is also why I have no qualms about it. Um. <laughs> so actually, there's a, there is something interesting down here. Uh, in some ways, a subscription requisite for Milan seems to be an obvious attempt to lower to lower Disney Plus churn. Churn, which refers to subscribers canceling their plans, is something that all streaming platforms have to deal with, and the best way to combat people leaving is having a consistent river of new content. Netflix, Mm. for example, sees churn as an inevitable part of its business, but there's consistent content. Disney lacks that frequent flow of new entertainment, and the churn rate is noticeable. New data from analytical firm Antenna found that people who signed up for Disney+, Plus, specifically for Hamilton, were, quote, 1.5 times as likely to cancel Disney+, Plus within the first month compared to other subscribers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's 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 fair. They're in a weird spot because they make their bucks for the actual movies that are released and hit theaters, and then they make them again. They were making them again on the turnaround of buying the the disc or well, originally the tapes, but like you know a, a Blu-ray or whatever now. But um, it would be it's it's probably better for their best their their best case scenario is being able to release in the theater and people subscribing rather than purchasing the disc that's sure. their best case scenario um in my opinion uh as a economics expert it's funny you and- <laughs> <laughs> it's funny you mentioned the disney vault earlier and yeah. as a kid i remember being frustrated with that idea mm-hmm. lacking the expertise in economics as you put it to understand sure. it now it's actually pretty offensive to me, the enforced scarcity of that, yeah. where it's, 100%. it's compelling you to feel like, oh, I have to go buy that because I'll never have the chance to buy it again. And when will yeah. I get to see it again? Hopefully, and, Blockbuster. And for happen. all of those people that felt that way and scooped up the movies, to now be told that you could spend this amount of money per month to just have access to the entire library, oof, oof. <laughs> you know the uh the venn diagram of those people have to be just two overlapping circles right <laughs> <laughs> oh man i don't know whatever i i actually i'm I'm on board i'm i'm starving for a new move like for new movies uh not and i i mean that in like i, I know there's there's hundreds thousands hundreds of thousands of movies that i haven't seen but there was something special about seeing something new this past couple of weeks. Yeah. I don't know what it was. And I'm like, I'm a hundred, I mean, I'm totally on board to, to buy this and watch it. We have, I, I have no problem giving money to the movies. We have I a just, wonderful oasis, right? Of this week and next week. We know for a fact are new releases, which it seems like a crazy yeah. time right now. And to be perfectly honest, most of the movies being released right now are shit. Um, intentionally, mm. uh, seemingly, mm. 
um, you know, because a lot of it's like direct to video. I still am curious about the economics of a Netflix movie. Yeah. You know, because I'm sure they get paid in proportion to the how many people stream it and especially like in the first week or two weeks or whatever. Right. But man, it still seems like a weird shadowy business model and Netflix intentionally doesn't give us those numbers, which always raises alarm bells for me. Sure. Sure. And anytime you question it, they could just go, well, we're not movie pass. And you're like, that makes sense. (laughs) (laughs) It's just, it's so odd to me. Like I understand that there are some arcane accounting tricks that, that, Hollywood has gotten away with right in the budgeting of a movie and what the mm. budget is. And then they don't really report what the marketing budget is. And that often eats into the profits, but they also sometimes make a big deal about the fact that the, the, the gross receipts is so much bigger than the, the budget and all that. But then there's also mm. back end, which isn't accounted for in the budget and all that. But it's still like in the end, the math bears out, right? Like if you sure. work hard enough, you can find out what any of these movies costs and what it roughly makes. With Netflix, I have no idea what they cost, and I have sure. no idea what they make. But here's another one. Do you know a single person that doesn't have access to it? What do you mean? Do you know anybody that doesn't watch something on Netflix? No, I'm just... I'm, no, no, I, I'm just making the point of, like, it, they are a weird outlier. Like, I feel like there's, a, there's just, like, this strange thing. Everybody has, like... If you can be like, oh, I watched this thing. It's great. It's on Netflix. You should go watch it. You're not going to be met with, oh, I don't have Netflix. Well, for whatever first. reason. <laughs> they, were, they were first. But yeah, I know. And it's crazy, though. Because like, if you really think about that in the grand scheme of the thing, even though um, I'm not convinced that there's not just one Netflix account that everyone's using, it's it's amazing. That, like Everybody has it. There's, I've never come. And I know I'm speaking hyperbolically. I know there are people that don't have it. But anybody that I've talked to and I was in like, oh, like you should watch this thing or like it's on Netflix or they'll be like, hey, you should watch this thing. It was on Netflix. I would be like, yeah, like the, 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 the no, no access to Netflix has never been part of the conversation, which is crazy. Not, not for <laughs> about 10 years, right? Which is insane. And think about that. 10 years of that. Yeah. The revenue. Holy crap. And it's quietly gone up in price. And people went, meh, and then they just ignored that. <laughs> well, the thing is, we have one 4K TV in the house. Actually, now technically two. Um, when inevitably, and this could be next week, it could be two years from now, but when inevitably the projector becomes a 4K projector. Yes. That's, <laughs> that's when I'm going to finally spring for the 4K package of Netflix. Sure, <laughs> sure. Oh, how about this? Netflix comes with my phone subscription. Really? Yeah, I don't pay for Netflix. <laughs> well, because I didn't pay for the first year of Disney Plus. That came with my phone subscription. Yeah. Um, nope, Netflix part of it. That's pretty sweet. And well, you yeah. also had a year of Apple TV, right? So I still do. Still have not watched anything on it. <laughs> Yikes! Well, I'm uh, sure. I'm running out of time. I've got like a few months left. Well, I'm kind of in the same place with Disney Plus, where I've definitely not gotten my quote unquote money's worth because like I watched The Mandalorian. Great. Sure. Uh, put on a couple of other movies and that's mm-hmm. it. Uh, I got all of my money's worth when I watched The Rocketeer in high definition. So let's, <laughs> let's be clear. <laughs> uh, uh. On to, well, actually, you know, while we're talking about having all of these options and movies, new movies and old movies, whatever, 
Yep. Um, you know, you said we didn't have new releases, but there's like, you know, 100,000 other things I could watch. Sure. Um, this is just kind of a note, and we can talk about it as long as um, okay. to what we're watching. Is there a whale upstairs? No, that's the uh, barstool chairs moving. Got it. They slide across the, the floor, and they make a lot of noise. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I feel like Dory in Finding Nemo. <laughs> So, uh, this Saturday, this past Saturday, um, (laughs) I also, I would also really hope that I have to go back and listen to it. I really hope that for whatever reason, the microphone's not picking it up and we just sound crazy. No, it is. Cause that one was loud enough that I heard it in my headphones. Mm, Okay. Uh, this past weekend, um, my brother was out, my sister was out and me and my parents were looking for something to watch on, I want to say Saturday night, but I don't remember exactly. And we were just doing the thing that you do. We, you know, it's known as like Netflix scroll, right? Where you just scroll. Oh, yeah, 100%. Right? That's what you're doing this evening. Sure. But in, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I do put kind of a hard cap on myself of 10 minutes. Yeah, that's a smart move. Within 10 minutes, any of the things were, you know, because, you know, Netflix scroll is no, no, maybe, no, yeah. no. Whatever, like, the first substantial maybe is, that's what I end up going to. Like, okay. I kind of made, like, a soft rule for myself. Like, that's yeah, what yeah. I do. That's a good. That's a good idea. I end up, I just end up with this crazy list that I've add th- added things to. And then that's now become part of the scroll. Yeah. It's which like, I oh, totally what's in understand. here? <laughs> I mean, I have it on my phone with my browser. Now that I don't have sure. much time to read stuff, I have, like, a huge, like, number of tabs open where it's like, well, I definitely want to read that. But not mm-hmm. right now. Yeah. You know? <laughs> that's not what I'm in the mood for. Sure. So we decided because we now officially, what, like two weeks ago, transferred over from HBO Go to HBO Max. Oh, did you? Yeah. Well, because we have HBO. We've had a subscription to yeah. HBO forever. And with DirecTV, we have free access to HBO Max. Sure. I was more saying that my device doesn't have an HBO Max app yet. My Roku. Oh, really? Yeah, it's weird. My TV had it. Unless I need to like, unless I need to manually update something, I'm pretty sure it's automatically updated. You might, so you might need to update it because, like, I have a smart TV. It's a Samsung, and it was in the Apple oh, no. store. My my TV downstairs has it. Oh, okay. my my yeah, Apple TV has it. My my smart TV has it. Upstairs is an older LG with a Roku attached to it, and it does not have it. You might need to do some sort of update to the Roku then, if it has its. That's like, fair. Because yeah, because my like the Samsung had it, um, but anyway. We were scrolling through HBO Max, just the movies, and mm-hmm. what a wild, gigantic library of movies available. Well, it's a wild ride, for sure. There are, like, a million movies I've never heard of, and, right. like, some that are fairly new, many that are quite old. A lot of them there's a lot of Japanese movies on there, like, some of the mm. ones that you hear about when, like, people talk about, like, the history of George Lucas and Star Wars, like, sure. stuff like that, like... The old school, like Akira Kurosawa and stuff like that type of movies. Yeah. Um, Lone Wolf and Cub, Cub, which seemed to inspire The Mandalorian. I gotta, I gotta get into that stuff because I feel like I'd really enjoy it. I just haven't gotten into it. I'm curious to watch some of those Kurosawa ones that are mentioned often when talking about Star Wars. The one that was essentially, I forget what it, which one it's called, but the one that seems to be a parallel to The Magnificent Seven. There's one that mm-hmm. was like that. I forget which one it is. Um, but we watched... North by Northwest. Oh, with the plane and the shooting? Yes. Yeah, that's that, cool. I've never seen that, that. Everyone knows, right? Because I do have, you know, there's, I've, it's been well documented on the show. I have the very long queue of movies to watch. I have a separate sure. queue of 
that's shorter but still fairly long of classic old movies that I'd like to get mm-hmm. around to watching. I moved that through that one much slower than I moved through the other queue. Sure. Uh, North by Northwest was absolutely on that queue. I have never watched an Alfred Hitchcock movie before. So, oh, okay. That's cool. Uh, I was really curious. Like The one that really probably would have been on the top of my list is Vertigo. Um, mm. I'd like to see Psycho. I'd like to see The Birds, but uh, Vertigo probably would have been number one. North by I North don't think I'll ever be able to watch The Birds again and not think of Schitt's Creek. <laughs> Listen to our cause. <laughs> the the peak bit of joke for the whole crows have eyes thing is the trailer with the tagline with the terrible grammar. The crows have eyes, and you better not look them in it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the cadence is absolutely part of what makes it. <laughs> oh yeah. It's but so good. Anyway, we watched North by Northwest uh, this week, and I, I guess my mom had actually seen it. My dad had not, uh, which surprised me, and I had never seen it before. Really good movie. Nice. A- absolutely uh, was warranting of the hype. Uh, okay. It was funny to see some of the things in it that, like, because that was that's part of why I want to watch these old classics. I mean, uh, like, we are somewhat cinephiles, right? But. Mm-hmm. I don't view it as a badge of honor thing where it's like, oh, yeah, like I checked that box. I find oh, yeah. curious with some of these old classic movies. When I get around to watching them, I'm like, oh, wow, that's the thing that has been parodied or emulated right. or had homages to it in like things that I love. And it's like, wow, that's cool to see the genesis of that idea. So sure. that whole family guy. So Dominic actually came in about halfway through the movie from where he was with his girlfriend's parents. and. Um, he was sitting down and it was right before the airplane scene. And it was quite obvious to me that that was coming because he's in the middle of nowhere on this like dusty road and there's right. fields. And someone mentions, Oh, look at those guys are out there like crop dusting. They make a pretty good living assuming they don't crash. I think it was the line or something like that. And I was like, Oh, it's coming up. And like, he had just came in and he like, you know, what's the bathroom? And he was like, you know, he was just, he was getting some stuff. And I was like, Dominic, come here. The scene from family guy is coming. He goes, what? It's like, you know, the scene where they steal Passion of the Christ 2 from Mel Gibson with the, air, with the airplane. Come on, it's about to happen. Uh, <laughs> what a sentence. Right? Yes. <laughs> so the funny thing was, you know, so that whole thing happened. He's like, oh, wow, yeah. So I didn't realize that they ripped off the whole ending of that episode from the movie as well. The whole sequence on Mount Rushmore is also in that movie. Right. I had no right. idea. Yeah, I I knew that I, I had look I had watched something about it. That's why it's the only reason I knew that there was more than just that. But it's it is very funny. And I guess technically also the the whole thing with the hotel room and sneaking in and stealing stuff that's much more loose than the other stuff was. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I believe that episode was titled North by Northwest Cohog or something like yep. that, or North by North Cohog or whatever it was. Yeah, I think that I think that's what it was. Yeah. So stupid. Uh, really good movie, though. I, I definitely enjoyed my time. Cool. All right. I'm going to have to check that out on there, then. It had a young Martin Landau. Okay. I was like, I saw like his name in the thing. I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> and then he showed up. I was like, oh, that's clearly Martin Landau. The only time I've ever seen him is as an old man. Rounders. Dude, I, I need you. I, th- this is on topic, I promise. The other day, and maybe this, maybe this will transition into what we're watching, but when Power was out and I stayed at my parents' house for a couple of days... Uh, we watched Raiders of the Lost Ark. Nice. And 
I watching the intro, watching the movie, the beginning of the movie. I'm like, this guy's familiar. Who is this? And then uh, I, Alfred wait, I was like, wait, yeah, I was like, wait a minute, Doc Ock. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> Look it up. I was, I was blown away. <laughs> I remember the first time I noticed that was about like ten years ago. I was like, "Oh my god, that's Doctor Octopus." <laughs> that's really yeah. I was like, "That's I would have never, never like could have would have never guessed it. Would have never put it together. just for whatever reason. Just happened to I, even. I feel like it was only because of like the certain couple of scenes where it was really focused on his face that I realized it was him too. Yeah, I was just like. Could have missed it again. I was just, I was like shocked. I was like, "What is happening? This is there, great." There's another one of those random ones in that movie. Um, how well do you recall Hot Fuzz? Not, not very well. I mean, I like, lo- I love the movie, but I, I don't know like scene for scene or anything like that. Okay, so I believe. Well, you remember like the whole gist of the movie. Like, yeah, yeah. The, the neighborhood watch and all that. Yes. And it was all the like the key members of the town are involved in the conspiracy sure. and all that. So. The you remember the priest in that movie? Uh, vaguely. He's an older guy, obviously, at that time, and um, you know he's he has a conversation early when he meets the Simon Pegg character, whose name it was Nicholas Angel. When he meets Sergeant Angel, and they're talking, and he says something about you know, are you a religious man? And he says you know something about him being agnostic. And then later, you know, they're talking, and he says you know when they're having the big shootout at the end. And he goes, you know, can we all stop this senseless violence? And he says, you know, no. And he goes, and he, you know, I think he has like pistols that pop out of his like, like the, okay. the billowy sleeves. Ro- That's Belloc from Raiders of the Lost Ark, the bad guy, the French guy. Whoa. Okay. That's yeah, I can see that. That's <laughs> that's so weird. Like that, I love that stuff. That's right? really fun. Yeah. Oh man, that's that's really funny. Yeah, I, that's that's so cool. The the doc that that now next time I watch it I'm sure that'll get me but the uh, the doc Ock thing was really was really tickling. Is that what you want to do? Do we want to do what we're watching? Yeah, what are we watching? I know, I, know I dipped my toe in the water. Yeah, let's, let's do it. With that. So the politician finally got yes, around to watching, which was a great choice. Uh, uh, you finished the whole season, right? I believe it is a far better season than the first one, uh, just because it's a different show. It's funny because I disagree. You like uh, the first season better? Yes, uh, and the the thing is. I, after, well, there was only seven episodes in this season, right? I think there was eight in the first season. Mm, I don't, yeah, I don't really know. Uh, well, they're, they're, not, they're not long either way. All I know is that the finale snuck up on me. I was like, I thought I had another couple of episodes. Oh, and I was okay. like, oh, wait, no, I'm watching the finale as we mm-hmm. speak. Huh. Uh, <laughs> well, because all of a sudden they like jumped really like to the election. And I was like, oh, okay, this is like, this yeah. is happening in earnest now. Um, so it, the first couple of episodes, I was trying to figure out why. Like, it was fine. I liked it. But it didn't click for me the way the first season did. And I, was, I couldn't. Okay. Like, it was like, it just felt off. And I didn't know what it was. And it took until the second half of the season for me to figure out what it was. And it took a long time for the emotional core of the season to develop. Mm. The first season is ridiculous, right? Like, sure. so over the top and ridiculous, fun and melodramatic, right? Like, and depending on what scene you're talking about, what sequence you're talking about. But as crazy and ridiculous as the show got, there was, like, a couple of really human, like, storylines that grounded the ridiculousness. Yeah. There's okay. 
uh, spoiler alert for fairly early in the first episode of the first season of The Politician, there's River's suicide and the fallout from all of that. Yeah. There's the drama of Infinity's grandmother and Infinity's relationship and how Peyton has to interact with that. And there's his mother's impending divorce that develops over the course of the season. Those three storylines to me felt very human and grounding to the ridiculousness that happened without it. Like it allowed them to go so over the top and campy with some of the other things because they were anchored by those things. You're right. And the second season didn't have that until the pregnancy. In, okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's fair. So the antics were fun, but I didn't ever feel emotionally connected to the second season until that. And the second half had a couple of storylines and ultimately that it didn't predominantly. It's the, it's the drama between him and, Oh my God, I can't remember his girlfriend's name now. Uh, well, I guess they end up ultimately getting married, but um, Peyton and um, uh, I can't oh remember name. Either. I can remember like everyone else's name except. I'm pretty. I'm pretty bad with names, as you know. But yeah, that was not going to come to me. But isn't, anyway, it, her- isn't it a little odd the name? I don't know because I like there's there's Astrid, there's Mac, there's James, there's Sky, there's McAfee. Yeah, Mac. Uh, McAfee, Mac, whatever. Yeah. I totally can't remember. Alice. It's not a strange name. Yeah, honestly, I don't even remember them saying her name, honestly. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, but yeah, that was the first time. Where, and then there ended up being a couple other things. I think sure. around the same time, oh, exactly the same time, actually, was also where they did, they stole from the Master of None playbook, and they had the voter episode, which mm-hmm. predominantly was about the mother and daughter, and the other main characters kind of ended up being in their orbit instead of the other way around, which right. is a really cool thing to do. That, that reminds me of the episode. Like that high fidelity episode. <laughs> Similar, yes. Um, but more of an, uh, it, even another character that you haven't actually even been introduced to yet, which was a cool concept. I like that. Yeah, it reminded me of uh, season two of Master of None. Uh, Aziz and one of his friends are walking and talking in this shop in uh, on the street in New York City, and the camera just pans to someone they walk past and it follows other people. That's just cool. living in New York city. So it reminded me of that episode a lot. It was a really good episode. And so the pregnancy episode where they find out about the pregnancies, the episode before that, I think, and then it transitions directly into that. And those two ideas really helped to finally pull me into actually mm-hmm. on like a, a human level caring about what's going on. Gotcha. Because up until that point, the first like three or four episodes, we don't have that emotional core. I don't feel the connection to it, which means the antics were fun, but feel like kind of fleeting. Like I like I don't see the purpose of them in a, right. a larger scope of things. Yeah, no, that's 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 fair. I uh, for me in particular, the second season, I well, I totally get where you're coming from. I think that makes a lot of sense. I could see why that would be what you were drawn to more about in the first season. For me, it was more, I felt like the, the second season felt a little bit more consistent to me. Yeah. Which, whether it's, I mean, it's not, it's not what specifically what you were looking for based on the first season, but the, the second season was, it, it, it was more of like, it was more of those antics, but it was like, I don't know, you got, you got more time with it. And then like, I feel like I actually enjoyed going from that to like, the more the dramatically different episodes that that capped it off. I kind of liked that the way that it, it kind of crescendoed. 
that yeah. way. Um, which is, you know, just, just different, different takes on it. I, I, I just found it, I found it very, I found it a lot funnier because the, we kind of knew the characters. They were, you didn't have to play the establishing game that you have to play in the first season, right? Where you're like, this yeah. is who this person is. Like it's, we'll get to why they're acting this way. I feel like, you know, the first season is probably even more enjoyable to rewatch. <laughs> like be like knowing like who they are and how they act. And they're like, cause they, they all play their characters very well. Yeah. Uh, but uh, no, I, I found that I found the second season really funny. I also thought it was interesting how like in the first season they did this constant thing of like, it seems like Peyton's about to do something good. Like he's maybe he's turning around and, you know, first time it's like, it's fool me once, you know, <laughs> and then the second time it's like, okay. And like the third time, like you still kind of want him to turn around and you're like, Maybe, oh, it's it's really happening this time, and then it's not. He's still kind of a dick, <laughs> and then like it kind of all comes crashing down. And then in the third, in the second season, when we go into it again, it's like I, I'm a little bit more on guard, but he is started to turn around a little bit more to the point of yes, there's some more dips back into like you know who he is and his questioning himself and his practices and like what am I really? How am I really? And then <laughs> by the end of it, it's like it almost seems like he's coming out of it on the right side of things. And the promise of where this can go in the th- in the third season makes me wonder, like, what are they? How are they going to end this show? Well, there was, I'm it, very curious. It's funny. There was something really important that happened late in the second season. So this is going to be kind of spoilers for like where the show goes if you haven't watched any of it or the second season at least. I was curious as we were getting late in the second season. We're getting to the point where the actual results of the election is what's at hand, right? Mm -hmm. There was something really powerful that the show could have examined. When you consider what stories and themes that this this show is trying to investigate, or what it seemed to me they're hinting towards as we've gone into fully into a second season, I expected him to lose the election again. Mm -hmm. Maybe by losing... Rock, paper, scissors, or whatever, but ultimately somehow... Oh my god, that whole thing was ridiculous, too. Yes. And again, <laughs> spearheaded by the absurdity of Bette Midler's Hadassah. Like, she yep. was so great. Like, her researching how to cheat at yep. rock, paper, scissors while filibustering in the middle of the, the thing and then ultimately getting super excited for the idea of... what? No, 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 coin, that's too ridiculous. But rock, paper, scissors, yes. Yeah. <laughs> And yeah. then the whole thing about both sides trying to figure out how to win it and how to cheat at and learning the game theory and strategy of playing rock, paper, scissors. Tremendous. There was something, because in the first season, it's kind of there nipping at the periphery. And the second season really reveals, oh, they're throwing themselves headlong, it seems, into this whole idea of people failing up. Mm-hmm. And how that is really killing the society right now. Mm-hmm. Specifically in the United States right now. And it can't be lost that is a rich white guy who is right. continually failing up. Right. So I thought it would have been very powerful to have it. Now, I liked ultimately Dee Dee giving that speech conceding to Peyton. It was a powerful moment sure. in and of itself and it was a great opportunity for her to be able to have a really big anchor moment where she's going to like let her 
hard out on the sleeve and just like you know, mm. just have a strong monologue and all that. Like it was fun, it was interesting, it was great. It wasn't as powerful as the show could have gone. And then I think the when he's giving his acceptance speech, they think they at like at that point they realize, oh, we kind of missed an opportunity. Like we wanted to have this moment. Totally uh. understood why they wanted to have that moment because then they come out and literally say, well, you know, I for someone who's supposed to have sent their whole life to like winning elections. Like, I'm not very good at winning elections. And it's like, it's such a ham-handed way to do the thing that would have been so powerful if they let him lose and somehow still get the seat. Yeah, oh, that's a good That's a good point. That's how you deconstruct this issue. And it's not just a po- political thing, though. Obviously, very obviously an issue with our political system. But it's also in business as well. Sure. That rich people, especially people who are born into these things consistently fail their way to the top and Mm -hmm. we let them. Yeah. Yeah. I I do wonder like, yes, yes. I think like that's a good point. I think they could have made for an interesting take on it. And then also it would have made it a little bit more on the dramatic side than the, than the more lighthearted tones that it ends on. However, I am curious if like, cause it, it could, it could easily still turn into being a much darker ending of the series when basically what's happened is he's been graced with this thing. It's now, now do something like do the, do the good, you know? And like, it's even more important that he does it now. Yes. It's funny because you're right. It does. It, it, it struck a lighter path for a show that could, that is at times a black comedy. Um, And especially in the first season, you were mentioning like a lack of consistency, not, in the negative per se, but it was a real roller coaster where it's like, we're going to go like slapstick humor. We're going to talk about the Haitian vote. And then it's <laughs> yeah. Munchausen syndrome by proxy. And suicide. Right. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. like, wow. It's all um, over. Schizophrenic almost, but yeah. somehow it works. It, like it works. Um, I would say that the core plot of the first season of we're running for like fucking student president and someone would literally be willing to kill for that. You know, we're going to run, a professional campaign that would impress actual lifelong politicians. Right. And coupling that with just the absurdity of what the stakes are like that sort of farce is really fun and entertaining. Mm. I think they did go much lighter with the end of this season. as As you said, but that sets up such a potentially dark finale. Yeah. to the show when that time comes because agreed what they have been examining and they again they've kind of been dipping their toes in the water and are getting more much more substantially and i think to a certain extent twice they were guilty of this in this season because the scene between him and his mother where she explains to him the person he is mm-hmm. you've been doing a good job of showing us show us don't tell us like i don't why do we need that level of hand-holding at that point? I actually show? think the, the, there is one thing that I actually do love about that scene. And the scene was it, good. The uh, Well, the, the concept, actually, that I really like is that he, in that scene, he is explaining, and I think this is what's really important for the character, and I don't necessarily know that there's a better way to explain it, is that he, well, I guess they, I guess they do, do kind of a good job, but they have brought it up a couple times. He, Peyton knows, like, he knows what he's doing is not good things and he doesn't, it doesn't bother him to do those things. It bothers him that it doesn't bother him. And I think that's a really cool concept to explore in the show. Yes. But 
like you said, they do show you, right? When you watch, but he, I, but I, they, they do it so well that it's hard to it's hard to specifically say it's like where where he is. It's hard to actually put a a point on it. I think that what they're trying to do is be like very clear of who like of how he's written, like who he is and what his actual issues are. I think that it's I feel like they're I almost feel like they're just trying not to stray away from it. They want to be clear like this is the story we're trying to tell. I I my issue is I think I would have been okay with that scene, but it feels guilty of the same sin that the 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 what he says at the acceptance speech is where mm. they've been doing a really good job of showing us. Sure. So why do we have to come to a screeching halt for us to tell? No, keep showing us you're doing a good mm. job. Yeah. You know, I think if that scene hadn't happened, I wouldn't have really clicked for me that they did the same thing. But like, no, when he fires McAfee and yeah. it's a really emotional scene and then they meet at the bar and you realize it's all a ploy and it was totally prearranged and cold-blooded. That's who he is. Yeah. And then to have to come back and tell... No, we saw that's what he is. Well, no, I you know, but... showed us very the, well. The scene with with Alice where she leaves him, but she gives... She tries to reach out and give him a chance, right? Yeah. If I stay, and a moment comes down the line where it's time for you to put your life on hold for me, will you do it? The hesitation and the totally half-assed answer of yes, it shows you that he knows that's what she wants to hear. Sure. He doesn't actually feel it when he says it. It's right. written well and performed very ably by mm-hmm. him. Well, but I will say, though, I, I completely agree. That whole thing is, expla- is, is explained very well through action and, and how they execute the scenes. But I feel like what doesn't come across is the stance that he knows internally that it's not good, but his actual internal conflict is that he he he's guilty for not feeling bad about that. Yeah, which I, is a I, very weird thing, and I don't know how you would explain that other than him saying it. I think I think for me the reason it stuck out to me as offensive to our intelligence is because it's coupled with the other scene and those two scenes okay. happen okay. very I got close you. together. I got you. you. That, I mean? that, that's fair. Yeah, yeah. I can see. I see what you're saying. Uh, can we talk about one one more thing on the politician before we move on? Sure. And that is that the second to last episode, uh, the thumbnail of it is a picture of Gwyneth Paltrow's face and the episode is titled What's in the Box? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even notice that. So good. Really funny. I didn't even notice the episode title because I watched the last they, they just go, yeah, I, I wouldn't have noticed either unless I went, how many episodes are there left? And then braced myself when I found out there was only like one. And I was like, damn. <laughs> that's funny. Um, that's, that's go funny. watch The Politician, by the way, even though we've talked about it at length. So fun. Yeah, I have enjoyed the show. I was a little like hesitant at first when I was going to be getting into it the first time around. Yeah. Um, I definitely enjoy it though. Um, so it's just are- different. I, I I think that's what I like so much about it. Also, is I love it, how it's we its can own just, unique like, genre. I love how they just—it's not a musical show. No, but they just decide at times. And now is the time where we're yeah, going to no, it's a Ryan Murphy joint. That's just how that works. Of this one, but it's but like like Glee, right? Like it was in like every episode. Where, sure. Like it's like a musical. It's like yeah, right. we're gonna have a super serious show for six and a half episodes. Now is the time where we're gonna devote twenty minutes to him singing. And it's like yeah. 
He's uh, great at it. It's just like yeah, such a is, weird he is, pivot. He is tremendous. But yeah, it is very funny. It's it's just like, oh, okay, we're doing the musical episode now. Cool. Cool, 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 cool. <laughs> I'm in. Uh, what else have you been watching? So the only other thing I've really been watching... So one thing, just as a, the briefest of notes, because we talked about it off air. I watched Palm Springs, the other movies. Okay, release, cool. Which we'll be doing probably next week. Next week, hopefully. Um, you should see if... Would Kim want to do that episode? Maybe. I'll have to, I'll have to ask her. I'm assuming that you liked it a lot. That it seemed like she would probably like it as well. Yeah, yeah. If Kim doesn't want to do it, I can see if Gianna. Oh, to I could actually. I think I might have said this the, the other week, but I could finally say that this was one of the movies that I saw in a pre-screening, and it will be fun to talk about the differences. Very oh, few. I, I didn't realize. Oh, you know, you did tell me that, and I totally forgot. It's very, it's very few, but there's that, there's that, there's one major one towards the end, which is cool. It's like it's not like super different. It's actually sequencing that's different, which is pretty cool. Spoiler for next week's episode. I'm surprised. I actually like. <laughs> you know what it was this is the first time that i got a sense for andy samberg's actual ability to act sure yeah and more more on that next week but go on what more else on have you what, 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 yeah the only other thing i've been watching is and it's something i had wanted to get even though the, the the time in between has not been that long um i started re-watching and it was for my brother his first watch uh sensei okay where about halfway through the second season. I love that show. And how, how many are there? There's only two seasons. Just the two? Okay. Two seasons. No, I'll set next. And then a movie to cap off the right. show. Right. Um, so that has been a delight to get back into. Uh, it's nice to see that upon second rewatch. It's funny because I remember all the important stuff, but there's a lot of the little nitty gritty that I kind of forgot or like I kind of forgot like the timing between some of the things. It's just a really, really good show. It's cool. really well made. It knows when to switch gears between let's get super serious here. Let's delve into this thing here and let's just be ridiculous. And in some ways it's rem- reminiscent of The Politician where it's, it's we're going to be cappy slaps, like can't be slapstick like humor here. We're gonna I be- liked that combination. Yeah. Cappy. Well, Cappy, um, <laughs> little hot Cappy. Uh, we're gonna be, <laughs> we're gonna be over the top, you know, uh, over the top action sequence. We're gonna delve deep into the sci-fi here. We're gonna yeah. kind of back off the sci-fi there. Um, it's a good watch. It's just a really good show. The music's great. It's Tom Tickwer again did the music, or I don't know if it's Tickwer or Tickwer. I've never been 100% sure on the pronunciation. Mm-hmm. He worked with them on Cloud Atlas. He was the second unit director, and he was he wrote the score for that. I believe he directed an episode or two of this. Uh, they had a couple nice. of directors who came in, like John McTeague, who did V for Vendetta with them. Um, oh, that's, and, a one, that's one I need to watch again. I love that movie. Uh, me and Dominic always try and watch it for November oh, 4th. Yeah, November 5th. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's a really good show. Uh, as Dominic said, when we were about a third of the way through the second season, he goes, "Wow, they have already surpassed the total amount of sex in Game of Thrones." Uh, <laughs> it's not nearly as gratuitous as Game of Thrones. Uh, they use sex in the way that like a lot of people use sex in real life, where it's actually an expression of people giving a shit about each other, not mm-hmm. just uh, we're gonna fuck right now, which. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but just, you know, it's nice to have a balance of those things sure. in your life. Um, there are some of the greatest choreography in the show is actually the sex scenes because I, I, 
<laughs> I thought you were going to like deadpan go, is the sex? And then just move on. <laughs> yeah, no. And I say that because, well, you know, I know we've discussed the show in the past. You know what the gist of like the, the kind of like the core concept of the show is, right? Eight people who are extrasensorily yeah. connected to each other and right. they can visit and share at any point at any time in the place and time that they're at. So some of the sex scenes incorporate multiple different members of the cluster having sex at the same time. Okay. And so they essentially turn into these extrasensory orgies. And I'm like, Dominic's like, how exactly did they shoot that with all of those people? And I was like, yeah, I keep wondering if anyone ever like dislocated an elbow or something because they're like all intertwined with each other. And like, I have That's to imagine great. at some point someone's like arm is all like all the way over here and interlooped between like three other people. I'm like, I just don't know how they didn't break their elbow. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> now, if I didn't need to watch the show before. Uh, That's great. I'm so it's, curious. It's, it's great. It's got a lot of uh, Wachowski collaborators. Uh, it's got nice. Duna Bay, who's in Cloud Atlas and Jupiter Ascending. Uh, Top of Middleton, who was in Jupiter Ascending. Um, What's his name? Joe Penaliotto, who obviously was in The Matrix. Um, of course. And a handful of other people who, of smaller levels who have been in their movies as well are in this. Um, it's, it's, it's a good watch. It's about a group of eight people and other similar people around the world who can connect with each other around the world through an extrasensory link. And yet the show is not in any way, shape, or form about that at all. It is simply. I I kind of like that. I love when there's like this interesting mechanic that is just there. It, it's like, it's like barely a vehicle. It's just a thing that you also have to pay attention to as as, ha- as part of the storytelling. Well, it's a testament to the writing of the show overall. And yes, they do get quite campy at times, or campy mm-hmm. if you prefer. Um, <laughs> but it's so we had this conversation. Me and Dominic when we were watching the other day, he said it's funny because you know. Of the eight of them, only three or four of them really have a lot of consistent impact on the main plot. And it feels like sometimes like when they go to like like the stories of some of these other people when they go to them are interesting, but like like I want to get back to what's going on. I was like, Yeah, but that's not what the show is about. Mm-hmm. He's like, What do you mean? I said, the show isn't about this sci-fi concept of these people and the people and, and ultimately and, you know, the brief is a spoiler. There's an organization that's hunting them and any sure. one of their kind um, in order to harness I mean, yeah, their classic, ability. Typical. Like that like sci-fi yeah. show, right? Yeah. Um, I said, it's not about that. It's about people all around the world. And, you know, the whole Dr. Evil, we're not so different, you and I. Yeah, yeah. Right? You know, it's about the human condition. It's about people. It's about how a trans woman in San Francisco. People has- helping people. A lot in common with a DJ <laughs> in Iceland and a bus driver in Nairobi right. and a Korean businesswoman in Seoul. They're all the same. Yeah, that's and cool. I, I, I could, I, I'm on board. I definitely have to watch it. It's really that's, good. I think you and Kim would actually really I'm, like I'm sure, it. Yeah, so. I, feel like, I feel like we will. All right, so that's... What else? That, that was the other thing you're watching? Yes. So I... Uh, over the last, well, oh, since, since we talked last, I watched the entirety of Little Fires Everywhere, which was oh, okay. really good. Like, oh my, there is some, there is some acting your ass off in that movie, in that, in that show. Uh, everybody is, everybody's bringing it. Wait, hang on a second. Have you been listening to Cinephobe? No. 
Oh, because that's a recurring joke in the show. Oh, is it really? Acting your ass off. That's great. Like, in this scene, this person is acting their ass off, and it's now spun onto other things where when someone does a particularly bad job that they have extra ass in the nice. scene. Nice. Nice. <laughs> I like that. I like that. There's a no. It's 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 really it's really good. I feel like a lot of times the younger actors in a show are kind of just like overly guided. Like it's it's it, it almost feels like reading off a script. Like doing like do this thing in a very specific way. Uh, man, every kid in the show is talented. Like super talented. And it was just it was a like a it was a joy to watch this incredibly dark show. <laughs> it's, based, it's based on a book, right? Yeah. Yes. I know um, nothing about the show, actually. Uh, it's, it is it is worth your time. I think you'll enjoy I think you would enjoy it very much. Uh, okay. Just I, because I, just from a just from writing and execution standpoint, like it's it's like funny, like you can I, you know, I made some guesses early on about what what happened as a joke, like things like that. But like even even finding out the the truth about things ends up not really being the point. It's really it really is about like it's similar to what you were saying. It's about like the way these characters interact and like the actual like emotional connection story that they're telling throughout it all. And it's, it's really, it's really cool. It's very well done. Um, and also like, I, there's something about this, like kind of one se- one season series or limited series, whatever you want to call it thing that I, I could really get behind. Um, I feel like a regular TV series has too much of a chance to taper off or like have too many ebbs and flows. Whereas like a dais or something like this is just like, Here's the whole story. Like, it's not compacted too short because we were trying to fit it into a film, and it's not stretched out over too many years because of some deal that we have. And yeah. I, I really dig that. It's funny. It, it is bittersweet, right? Having a really good limited show where it's like, fuck, that was so good. I want more. And then right. trying, like, learning how to let it go. Sure. Well, yeah, because especially with when it comes to that, the, the thing is that I've I, I'm I'm pretty much making my peace with is I'm not going to watch them again, uh, because it was for me it was about getting the entire story. I'm not going to watch one of the episodes. I maybe maybe years down the road I might go through it with somebody else again, like and watch it like watch it through. But like, there's well, it's, it's like, not like likely that I'll. It's like what I'm going through with with Sensei, Sensei where it's yeah, like, yeah. okay, it's been a couple of years. I'd love right. to get back, and it's a relatively short watch, right? Two seasons is not that long. Yeah, yeah for sure, for sure. And then uh, the other show that I'm watching, which I am like three quarters of the way through because it's two seasons, uh, is Friends from College, and it. Oh, that was that show with Keegan Michael Key. Oh man, it's it's very very funny in a lot like a lot of the time, but it is also it is also a very like deep dramatic story that's happening. It's, it's funny, a, I remember I was a little bit intrigued when that was coming out, and I heard it wasn't very good, so I never gave it a shot. Oh man, I think it's I I think it's great. I'm okay. really enjoying it. I'm 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 hooked. Like I can't wait to to watch the next one. The there ended up being at least two seasons. Though, There's right? two seasons, yeah. Okay. We're 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 nearing the end of the second. I don't okay. know if there will be a third or not. I I don't know, but it seems like it was a while ago that these happened, so I don't think so. Uh yeah, it was, I want to say it was like three four years ago, something like that. I also don't know how it ends, so I, I couldn't say that there would be or wouldn't be. But um, okay, I will say that. Uh, so part part of what triggered this like to start was I was listening to Billy Eichner on um, uh, what's his face, uh, Pete Holmes, who I love his podcast, and they they're having a conversation, and this came up, and I was like, oh yeah, I forgot about that show. I had seen clips of it, thought it was funny, definitely saw a clip with him. I should watch that. 
I put an episode on thinking Kim had already watched it. She didn't actually watch the whole thing. She had only seen like bits and pieces of it. Like when she was somewhere and we like, so we uh, started over again, watched the whole way through. He's not a main character, Billy Eichner. He's a supporting role that shows up maybe in like, I don't know, a quarter of the episodes over the two seasons. I feel like, or like when he's in there, he's not in like long stretches of the episodes, but man, does he bring it in the scenes that he's in? He, I, I am watching nobody else. He's so funny. I don't, I don't like his delivery, his well, deadpan. Always acts his ass off. So, oh my god, he's great. I, I, he's been cracking me up the entire time. It's just he went. There, I just went to this episode where he is trying to fix uh, a situation that his fiance is in. Uh, his fiance, Fred Savage, is in, and they. Uh, it was just, it's just Fred Savage also hilarious. He's so right. funny in the show, but um, the whole thing is like he's being kind of trampled by one of their friends, and Billy Eckner's character decides that he's gonna he's gonna do something about it. He's gonna fix it. So he meets with uh, the other character. He talks. I don't. I'm not saying the characters' names because it'll be funny if you watch it later. But he's going through it. And the, the whole scene comes out to him being like, "Have you ever seen the show Ray Donovan?" <laughs> and he's like. Uh, yeah, he's like, I'm fixing this. <laughs> I am the fixer in this situation. Wow. <laughs> it, was, it was just the whole thing was I was hysterical. It's he's he cracks me up, but uh, yeah, I think it's it's totally worth a watch. I uh, I don't know where it where it'll go. Obviously, like there's a there is a good chance that with I know that there's not many episodes left. I am worried about it just tapering off and not actually either coming to a conclusion or maybe having been canceled. I'm not really sure like what goes on there, but yeah. I, I'm hoping that there's some either resolution or that there's another thing coming, but it's, it's entertaining for sure. Some great characters. Well, that's the, top- the other thing I'm watching say, on the topic of shows that are ending possibly, or definitely um, high fidelity was canceled, which is really disappointing. I forgot how that ended, but I, for some reason wasn't, I, I don't know that I expected there was going to be another season. I mean, it ended with her getting rejected by that guy whose name I forgot and saying how, okay, looks like I got some looks like I've got some stuff to work on for myself. Yeah. It it felt to me like they were setting up where the next season was gonna be her finally fixing herself. Oh, I okay, yes, I remember it now. I actually thought that that was just kind of how we were leaving it. I didn't realize there was potential for a new another season. Well, it certainly could work as an ending. Sure. Um, just but not what you, you wanted. Well, yeah, but when you consider, uh, well, I forgot what the name of the guy who worked in the the, the store was, but where where his storyline was going, where Sharice's mm-hmm. storyline was going, where she was getting serious, great character, tremendous. <laughs> uh, but you remember, she kind of tapers off towards the end of the season, and then you come yeah. back and realize that she was distancing from the show because, well, from the the action in the show because she was finally taking seriously all the plans that she talked about doing. Yeah. Yep. And so that seemed like a very logical place to, to jump off with, give her an opportunity for her to have her own standalone episode the way that he did. Mm-hmm. Um, he was figuring out his thing with the guy that he broke up with eight times or whatever it was. Right. And she was going to fix herself and see if she could get the guy that she actually wanted to fix herself for, you know? Right. Um, that seemed like enough to jump off for another season. But that's, that's fair. It, I'm sure it would have been interesting and entertaining. It was... I loved the first season. I think you liked the first season. Mm -hmm. Um, It's funny when it happened, I thought, oh, maybe this is one of those things where it's like, okay, we don't know when we're going to get to doing it. And 
Zoe Kravitz is probably becoming very busy and expensive now with, mm-hmm. you know, she's going to be Batwoman or Catwoman, whatever, sorry, Catwoman mm-hmm. and yep. all that sort of stuff. And it's like, okay, like, yeah, she's between this and uh, was a big little lies mm-hmm. which she's gotten and, you know, being in the, the uh, Harry Potter movies, um, the Fantastic Beasts. Fantastic Beasts. Yeah. That, she, you know, she's got a full dance card. She's gotten a lot of notoriety and for you know, for her ability, not just for her name. And mm-hmm. okay, maybe we can't afford to do, or we can't work in the schedule. And no, uh, a day or two after the show was canceled, she came out very stridently about how upset she was that the show was canceled. Oh, and called out Hulu over it. It's like, oh shit. Okay, hey. so there goes that theory. So uh, then I don't know why they canceled the show. To be hmm. perfectly honest, it was reviewed very well critically. It had a very strong review from audiences. Uh, I don't know if yeah. the viewership, what the viewership numbers were, uh, if it wasn't economically feasible in that regard, but you would think that a show that is very well regarded by both the pros and the people actually watching it, that it would come back again. Even if they had to say, hey, listen, we don't know when it's going to happen. You know, it's tough to make things right now with the pandemic. You know, we'd love to do it, but it's going to happen a little bit down the line. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. An outright cancellation doesn't make a lot of sense. It seems like one of the very few hits Hulu might have had as far as TV shows so far. Like, they sure. don't really have a lot to stand on right now, do they? I, I don't really know. I just, I, I think of it in the concept of, like, I've seen a lot of trash that's come by, and it's just like, why, yeah, why would something, if if there was, if there was some sort of, the thing is, it was their plan. Maybe they didn't write it. Maybe, like, who knows? Like, I don't know why it got canceled. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if there was actually formally scripts done, but it, I never heard anything indicating. It's just like a really, it's back. a, it's like a shit communication situation where it's like the, they were like planning on doing it, but they never told the writers, and they're <laughs> like, uh, what? <laughs> I well, guess I we're canceling just, it. I now. would just point to the messaging around Watchmen, where when the season was nearing its conclusion and then concluded, uh, Damon Lindelof said, "Yeah, I'm not doing another season." Like, yeah, like I told the story I wanted to tell. This is it. Uh, if they want to do it, by all means, mm-hmm. go for it. I and, said good day. <laughs> yeah, you have my blessing, but I'm done. I've told the story, and I don't want to sully it by trying to make it work again. Like after yeah. this, like I don't have any more to say. If I do, I'll let you know. Mm-hmm. And HBO keeps going back to him. He's like, yeah, no, I, I'm good right now. Like, yeah. I'll let you know if there's something I need to say. Yeah, and everyone I feel- else is like, yeah, we'd love to do it. We, you know, it was great working on it. It was, it worked out well. Everyone loved it. Um, but it is what it is. Like that was not the messaging around high fidelity from my knowledge. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? I am very compelled to go back and finish Watchmen or restart and finish Watchmen for sure. Yeah, it, it was really good. Lately I've been thinking about it. I was like, I should do it. But cool. All right. What's, what's next? Uh, well, so there was one other big item, which based on the amount of time we spent on this already, we're going to probably push to next week, I think. And okay. that's the Emmys. Oh, interesting. Let's move that to next week. Yes, that's for sure going to be next week. So I only have one other thing, um, and that is Defector. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) 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 So I was just going to throw it out there to see if you were up on it, if you were not up on it. So me saying it seems to have not jogged any memories of yours. So we're familiar with Deadspin, correct? Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, and the fact that Deadspin died mm-hmm. and has been reanimated as a zombie, zombified corpse. Okay. But none of the people who matter, who made Deadspin, are any longer like associated with Deadspin. 
it's a bunch of people that were hired by the people who killed Deadspin, um, and it's going to continue to wheeze along for however long until they finally decide to kill it for real. Gotcha. All of the people, or most of the people who made Deadspin what it was, have come together after working in the far corners of the world to create a new website called Defector. Uh, as you can obviously guess, because they have left Deadspin and are creating <laughs> a new website. Uh, so I'm pretty excited about that. I loved Deadspin. Um, I don't know what your mileage was with it. I know we discussed it briefly when it died. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember being I remember being more familiar with it, and then like not really noticing, but that it was gone until you brought it up, and then going, "Oh yeah." <laughs> well, I brought it up when the big thing happened when a bunch of them left en masse, they all quit together because uh. of the ridiculousness of what happened. There had already been firings and, and defections before that. Um, but the rest of the core that had been around like Drew McGarry and Tom Lee and all those guys like all left together. Um, and a lot of those people are all coming together to create a new website called Defector. It's coming out and getting running in earnest soon it is going to be a subscription site yeah it's essentially going to be what deadspin was uh have all those main players there's like a lot of them back they're starting up a new podcast i never really listened to any of the like the deadcast or any of those things um i think what is the new one the distraction or something like that you've been like typing and looking at your screen while i've been talking so i imagine you're trying to get caught up to on this what is caught your attention because you're laughing i've i've (laughs) I'm loving the explanations of the pricing structure of the plans. Yes. Specifically, the fourth option of Mysterious Benefactor, Sicko Lawyer, $25,000 a year, includes all the accomplice stuff, plus a signed copy of this photo, which I did not click the link for. If you accept, if you actually want to give us this much money, email us. We should talk. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. Go so I, I signed up on the uh, the basic level for you know the the, the reader of it whatever it was for the year seventy bucks or something like that yeah um, just for all the unlimited articles yeah uh, I love the site I, it's not like I read everything that was on it but um, Drew's fun bag and his uh, Thursday NFL dick joke jamboree are both excellent uh, <laughs> I think I may have paraphrased slightly the title of it but I got most of the core words in the title sure. Um, Dick Joke Jamboree was definitely the the finish of that whole title. Um, and there's so many other things that they did on the concourse and Adequate Man and all that sort of stuff. So, Dude, the, sorry. I'm under the $1,000 a year plan, which includes a custom MS Paint art from Chris for Avatar use. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. I mean, there's crazy people. There's probably a couple of crazy people who are going to do that. But if just a whole bunch of people sign up for $70 a year, they can make this thing happen. And I mean, we watched <laughs> it's it's actually hysterical to look back now. What did we watch a decade of everyone who was working in print media lamenting in real time the death of their industry uh-huh. that, oh, yeah, this isn't going to work. And it's like, well, fucking make people subscribe online. Right. Like, you had to pay for the newspaper. It's not a new thing that you should yeah. have to pay for the thing you read. And, or some sort of hybrid model, right? Like, if you're going to run, like, ads and also... It's either ads or I'll pay for it. I feel like it's one or the other. <laughs> yeah, oh, but if you want to try out both, whatever. Like, yeah, yeah. figure out some way. Like, the, f- like the full-blown just we're doing ads thing, 
obviously wasn't working for you because you kept talking about how you're losing the jobs in the newsroom, you're losing money, the thing's not going to work. We'll fucking figure it out. Yeah. Charge people money for it the way you did since, like, oh, I don't know, the beginning of newspapers. Um, and magazines, for that matter. Just do it. I've subscribed to The Athletic for a couple of years. It's a true blue sports website. Sports Illustrated has died because they don't charge you to pay for... They, they don't charge you to read the stuff on the internet. No one buys the print magazine anymore. Hmm. And they... <laughs> Then they said, oh, wow, this isn't working. We're not charging anyone and we're not making any money. Let's just put all of the fucking ads down your throat and also multiple videos you can't mute or turn off. Mm. And people stopped reading the website on top of them not wanting to pay for it. Yeah. Fucking figure it out. Charge a subscription. Maybe $70 a year is too much. I don't know. Make it $20 a year. Figure out what the price no, is. No, no. The thing is, it, the, there is a, for whatever reason, there's like a sticker shock to it because it's a, it sounds like a big number, but it's really not. It's really not. Sure. What I'm saying is a price. Yeah. Figure out what the price is. Make it so. And people are going to like it or not. And if you're right. that good, people will view it as essential and they will be forced to sign up. That's what happened with The Athletic. They gave out a million free subscriptions for a month, for a year, with all these different deals or 40% off or whatever. A ton of people signed up to try it out. Some of them left because... They didn't want to pay when the time came. The churn we were talking about with Disney Plus earlier. But ultimately, they've assembled such a huge stable of writers that are great that if you want good coverage of your team, you will pay for it. And same Mm -hmm. thing with this. If you enjoy what they do, pay for it. And then they can continue to do the thing you enjoy. It's a symbiotic relationship. Yep. And I understand. If you don't have the money, it is what it is. But like... If you do, don't fucking stand on your high horse. Don't buy coffee tomorrow. Make it in your house. Like, I- right, right. No, it's it's you're a hundred percent right. Uh, sorry, there's one more line item that I need to read, which is potentially the best offering and maybe worth spending the thousand dollars a year. Annual video from a writer wishing you a happy birthday the day after your birthday. Oh, I mean, like that <laughs> is. If you know anything about Deadspin, that is a hundred percent Deadspin. Like. <laughs> Uh, that is great. That's really cool. <laughs> Sweet. I also um I wonder how much they paid for that uh that website, the uh domain name. What? And it definitely wasn't fact. cheap. Why do you say that? Single word, that's an actual word is not is they're hard to come by. Huh. It's probably a very it was probably a large sum of money exchanged for that. I wouldn't be terribly surprised, but uh mm-hmm. I like that they, 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 I mean, they, Deadspin had unionized, right? They was uh, Gizmodo Media Organization or whatever. Like they had unionized, like they just wanted to be a, like they created the website. They took on private money. They just wanted to can, contain, you know, creative control. Mm-hmm. Understood that they had to work with the people, whatever, but they wanted, like, why would you invest money if you didn't believe in the product? Mm-hmm. Let them be the product they are. I understand there may have to be some tweaks and changes. Let them be what they are. Otherwise, what did you invest in? Yeah, a name. Like, you, like you, don't, you don't buy a Ferrari and then put a trailer hitch on it. It's sure. not a tow truck. It's a fucking Ferrari. Like, let it be what it is. Yeah. No, I'm with you. I'm with you. So well, I'm this, glad that this they, is pretty they cool. found I'm a way glad to they do that. Yeah. 
that's awesome. I mean, you're gonna have to let me know how it is. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like I said, if you didn't, if you never really got into Deadspin, like I, maybe this won't be for you. Like mm-hmm. it's it started as a sports site. It definitely didn't stay as. I mean, there was a ton of sports, but it was not. It did not stay as a sports site, and it wasn't like breaking down the X's and O's. It's like there would be a couple of blogs a day where it's like, oh, this pitcher like tripped on the mound and ate shit, and like. Let's talk about all the times that other guys ate shit. You know what I mean? Like that would be, <laughs> and then there would be like one about like the business of sports, and it's like would sure. be a really serious article with the snark that you expect from Deadspin. Like, right? It's it was a weird site. <laughs> That's, yeah, and then there was like a ton of stuff that wasn't sports in any way, shape, or form. There was TV, there was movie, music, all sorts of pop culture, politics, whatever. Like just whatever was interesting, whatever they thought would people would give a shit about. They would talk about it in their way. Yeah, that's that's cool. I dig that. All right, Al. What's next? Do we? Or is it fun and games time? Oh, it's not for fun and games. Okay. Well, in that case, do I have the BuzzFeed quiz for you? Oh boy. Which the old guard character are you? Shocking. <laughs> so this is one of those things that I forgot. Like this is another benefit of doing something relevant is that there's usually a BuzzFeed quiz that coincides with it that I can fair, that fair. I can stir up. You know what I'm saying? I don't so, remember any of their names, but okay. That's that's fair. Neither do I. I watched, um, I watched did they, the movie like three weeks ago. I, I I'm fifty fifty on whether or not they had names. Uh, wh- what are you? What are what are you the most afraid of? Heights, deep water, betrayal, losing someone you love, needles, or death. I feel like death shouldn't be allowed to be a part of that group of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to say betrayal. Okay, betrayal's, betrayal could be rough. Which time? Betrayal. <laughs> you fucking whore. whore. <laughs> Which time period would you like to live in? Ancient Egypt, the mid... The, is that a time period? Ancient Egypt, the Middle Ages, the Renaissance, Roman Empire, Ancient Greece, early 2000s. <laughs> Uh, I mean, I guess the early 2000s, they were fine. I was going to say, we had some dope movies. Uh, pick a famous person from history. Catherine the Great, Leonardo da Vinci, Confucius, Jane Austen, Mahatma Gandhi, Beethoven. Is it just pick a person? Yeah. Okay, let's go with da Vinci. Okay. For some reason, I've never actually, I don't, I don't think I've ever spent this long looking at the word Beethoven. Beethoven? And yeah, Beethoven is not is not something I want to be a part of. How would you describe your fighting style? Stealthy, aggressive, strategic, defensive, modern? I'd prefer not to fight. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go strategic. Okay. Fighting requires a lot of energy. Pick an international dessert to snack on. <laughs> Baklava, mochi, Turkish delight, alfajores, Alf, alfajores, alfajores, uh... Brigadero? Gulab Jamun? Oh, wow. That's been a, that was a train wreck. Um, well, there was a lot of questions from me in there, which is not how this is supposed to work. <laughs> no. Um, the thing is, I don't know what any of those things are. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I've heard of Turkish Delight. Remember sure. the Chronicles of Narnia movie that came out like 15 years ago? Yeah, I never saw it, but I, I'm familiar. That was definitely the, the dessert that that kid ate. That was the only time I've ever heard anyone mention Turkish Delight. What does so it look like? like that. I don't know. It was in a weird tin. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it would look like it to be out. a finger food of some sort. So let's go right, to cool. Delight. Cool. They're very colorful in this picture. Other than immortality, what other superpower would you want? Invisibility, super speed, flight, telepathy, super strength, ability to communicate with animals. 
Uh, let's go with telepathy. Pretty cool. All right, here we go. You got Andy. Uh, how do you, Andromach of Scythia? Andromache. Andromache. You got they de- Andromache They definitely of said her name a few times. A.K.A. Andy. All right. You lived a thousand years, and you have the wisdom and combat skills to prove it. You're a genuine force of nature, and leading comes naturally to you. You're not the type of person who stands for deception, and you move through the world with the desire to help others by any means necessary. Actually, you might come off accurate. as cold to some, but you've got a heart of gold. Actually, that was all really accurate. That's great. Uh, I, I feel like it's a yeah. They, they didn't do a lot. They didn't do a great job of uh, portraying all of that in the character. But we'll get to that next when we get into our flick of the week. The Old Guard, released in 2020 on Netflix. Here is your IMDb synopsis. A covert team of immortal mercenaries are suddenly exposed and must now fight to keep their identity a secret just as an unexpected new member is discovered. Yes, yeah. pretty 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 spot on. Uh, let's kick off with our with our tweet length reviews. What do you got for me? A new age look at a throwback action flick. A fun romp with just enough world building to pique the interest. Hmm. Score seven seven point five out of ten. Oh, okay, nice, nice. I'd said a predictable, predictable paint by numbers action flick that is just original and entertaining enough to keep me engaged, and I got a six point five out of ten. So basically the same thing. Same, same, same phrase, different words. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. no, I, uh, I was watching. I was, you know what it was. Bar was low. It does help, but I went in and I was like, I'll watch this. And I was watching it. I was like, twenty minutes in, I was like, kind of into this. Yeah, and like forty minutes in, I was like. It was pretty good. And then like, I was like, oh, like, I, I paused it to pee, and I was like, oh, there's an hour left? Huh, all right. I'm not upset. I'm not, I'm not feeling like I should be done already. I'm just like, I'm just surprised. I, I, I thought this would have, it, I, it was easily going to be a tight 90 in my mind. A 90? A tight 90 in my mind. <laughs> and, uh, and it wasn't. And I was like, oh, cool, 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 cool. Um, it, didn't, it didn't end up overstaying its welcome. No, not at all. And uh, uh, maybe it will in, in, in sequels. We'll find out, I guess. But uh it's all I just meant literally like on the runtime, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh no, it was it was it was a good time. It was it was just a it was an entertaining action flick. Um I will say there is one thing that uh that could be that could uh, I feel like if if done differently would have easily tipped it into a seven point five for me or, or so, is if I didn't know anything about what was going on. Like if you if they had like made the trailer and marketing towards it slightly different where you really didn't actually fully hint at the immortality of it. I feel like it could have made for a really cool quick twist early on in the movie because you could have, you could have positioned the rest of the trailer for the movie without having shown that. And I just, I I know that there's like a source material that I'm not familiar with. So it really, I mean, for me particularly, I would have been like surprised. I thought it would have been a cool concept. Yeah. I didn't realize there was a source material until I opened up the IMDb page. Okay. Um, Okay. (laughs) uh, But for me, I don't even think I saw the whole trailer. I didn't realize that there was going to be an immortality thing. Oh, uh, okay. Like, I no, saw, so there you I go. So that's fun. That's there's your 7.5. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. So I didn't, like, I, I knew it was going to be, like, weird that there was going to be something because I know I saw a snippet of the trailer and, like, she was fighting guys with assault rifles with a battle axe. So I was like, sure. okay, so we're doing something here, but I don't know what it is. Uh, I literally didn't know about the immortal thing until like I was about to turn the movie on. Cause they run like okay. the autoplay thing yeah. and they all get shot up 
And then yeah, like, yeah, like, exactly. Like, oh, so this is gonna be a weird movie. Okay. Yeah. And like, I, and then I started it. You know what I mean? So like, there yeah. was no like time to like sit and think of, like. Oh, sure. Yeah, I got I got stuck in the uh, in the Netflix well uh, one day prior to watching the movie of like, you flick through the trailer starts to run and you watch a little bit of it and I think their intention is that it's that you'll start it while watching the trailer because you're okay I'm sold but instead. I was just kind of sitting there watching it and then realized, like, I feel like I'm 15 to 20 minutes into this trailer at this point. And I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> You're giving me too much. <laughs> yeah, I don't like that, actually, the autoplay thing when you highlight something. Like, not even just the trailer, but, like, if I go to put on, like, an episode or something, if I click on the show, it starts playing. No, no, no. I will start this episode when I'm ready. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm I'm with you. I'm with you. But uh, no, it was it was it was cool. Um, there, I have a couple of issues with it, but overall, um, I mean, it definitely wasn't a great movie, but it, it was fairly well made. It was a slick mm-hmm. action flick. It was entertaining. It definitely it did not as uh, not as in your face as Bird Box, but it definitely felt like it did feel like a like a similar algorithm type movie. I feel like with certain things that they did and like. I don't know what it was about, like, uh, almost, like, box ticky, like, with, like, every character and, like, like all, like, the different things that they did. Like, it, it seems like they were, like, we're putting this person here for the sake of putting this person here. Like, they, there wasn't really anything more to it, but they feel like they called a lot of things out. I don't know. I have no problem with the two, with the two characters being gay. I actually think that's it was a pretty cool concept to the idea of them being, like, on opposite ends of the battlefield. But coming together and then being long-term lovers was really cool, but I, I felt like they, they kept on the harping trope. on it in a it, weird way. Well, yes, but, like, they didn't get gratuitous. Not that, like, that matters. Like, I don't care about that, but, like, you, you know, because I feel the same way a lot of times when, when they do that with a, a straight couple, too, in those sort yeah. of situations, where it's like, okay, like, if you want to be that movie, like, honestly, you got to go further into it, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. No, there's something about I, you know what it is. Shit's Creek did did a lot of great things for for telling that kind of story. Of this is here. There's nothing else to be said about it other than these are the characters that we're exploring that we're talking about the story with. Whereas like they had to, they seemed to, they had to like make like comments about it, especially in the scene where they're um, they're kidnapped. And they're yeah. in the truck and there's like, and the, the, the people that are holding them hostage, like are being weird about them being gay. Yeah. And I was like, that's, it's, it's, it's not okay right now. It's not okay. To, it, it was, it wasn't okay. It's not okay right now. And it's just like, it just seems, it seemed odd that it was in there. I mean, I guess I got it. Like it was maybe a bit ham handed, but like the idea is like, again, like what you're saying, like get over it where it's yeah well like, no, that, this is what's happening right now like it, oh oh wait you guys are uncomfortable with that just wait how comfortable uncomfortable you are when i kill you <laughs> yeah but i guess the i guess what bothered me about it was like it it's funny because it's like while it was one of the it was a scene that made me cringe because of the way that, they, that it was handled by like why do we have to like like well let's not let's not let's not even acknowledge that for some people, it's still like they're still behind the times, and it's weird for them. Like I don't even want to acknowledge that. Let's get get past that. I actually, my favorite scene was in there was that monologue that one of the guys gives. I was just like, "Huh," <laughs> it was so well delivered. <laughs> I was like, "This is a great moment." <laughs> it, it is interesting though to see that because they're playing on like that trope where you see like like think of something like 
Baby Driver, right? Where you have like John Hamm and uh, was it Asa Gonzalez? That, that sounds name? that sounds right. I know I have the first name right. I don't know if I have the second name right. Okay. Um, where it's like like that is such a trope, right? Where it's like the Bonnie and Clyde thing, and instead it's you know it's two guys, and it's like okay, so you're playing on that trope, uh-huh. but you give it enough where it feels like a real relationship, but it's not going to, because honestly, like even that movie, like they go over the top. It's like, why? Like we get it. You guys are a couple, like Mm -hmm. fine, great, whatever. Like honestly, to the point where, like I said, it's like you either need less or like way too much. And something like sensate, there is so much depth from an emotional and physical standpoint that goes into all of the relationships on the show, not that every character is in a relationship, but multiple ones are where it's like, you realize how important it is to the character, the fact that they're in this relationship. Whereas Mm -hmm. in this case, honestly, the relationships they were in was not super important to the character outside of that one really good conversation where it's just like, beyond that, it's just, okay, they're gay guys. Like, and they're in a relationship. Like they, this is what you would do for your significant other. Right. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, I, the only thing that I actually thought, I thought they were going to go somewhere. Oh, they, um, I don't know. It's not, I kind of want to, I don't want to say this until spoiler territory, so I'll, I'll hold up on that, but we can, we'll, we'll circle back. Uh, any, well, I, let's talk about pre-spoiler notes. Any, well, any I was going to say the one notes? thing uh, that I found interesting, I want to know, you were talking about the box checking, right, of the algorithm. Yeah, yeah. I wonder what algorithm spits out Charlize Theron, <laughs> Chuatel Jafar, Jafar, yeah. and no one else. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's a great question. Uh, hang on one second. One second. Let me see if I can figure out what algorithm this is. It's the, it's the same algorithm that spits out Sandra Bullock, Javante Rhodes, John Malkovich, and no one else. <laughs> no, but that it's, one actually, no, because there was... what. Oh no, Lil Ray Howery was in that one too. He was actually he's great in that. Lil Ray uh, Howery, there was a guy from uh, BD Wong was in that. Who? BD Wong, the Jurassic Park is oh, what I, I know him from. I forgot he was in it. There was also what's his name from the Pirates of the Caribbean movies, um, the short guy, the guy who the crazy guy who gets into the house with them, <sighs> who is one of the ones who like can keep his eyes open and he wants to kill everyone with it or whatever. Right. And right. then there was that couple that leaves one of them. Wasn't one of them like a rapper or something like that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like that, I, I, from the algorithm standpoint, that one made sense. A little more. Well, uh, this in this one, though. Confusing me. <laughs> yeah, hang on. Let's go, let's go back to the cast list real quick uh, for this one. So we have the old guard. So we've got, okay, we've got Charlize Theron and Kiki Lynn. So we've got uh, people in Academy Award categories. Is she in Academy Award? Uh, she was in If Beale Street Could Talk. That was, I think, that was the last year, two years. Oh, two years ago. Jeez. Um, oh, you know, I looked through her thing and I didn't recognize anything. That that didn't even register for me, like that name. But yeah, yeah. yeah now that you mentioned it, duh. Um, and then the next three, the other three guys um, that show up on the list next are the other three members of the old guard. And then you have Chiwetel Ejiofor, who is, I, I think he's awesome. I don't know. He, he brings a gravitas to the scenes. I, I, I yeah, like him. He's a good actor. Um, and then we have this guy that plays Merrick, uh, who is, you know, over the top wacko who like, I'm not quite sure who he is at the beginning. And I'm certainly not quite sure who he is at the end. <laughs> he's you know, just, he's a, a guy. <laughs> he's a, yeah. Uh, 
Follow the follow the Chris Tucker uh, uh, credo of uh, follow the rich white man. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I haven't seen Rush Hour in a while. <laughs> I think they quoted earlier, but uh, no, it's, it's it was like I said, it's a it's an entertaining flick. Any notes before we lift the veil? I would say, I I mean, we're home, you're home. You want something to watch? Don't don't sleep on it. Put it on. Throw it on. It's entertaining. You'll have some fun. Yeah, my only other note is, as I'm looking at the IMDb, um, I was scrolling through briefly earlier on this, like I said, writers, it's a Greg Rucka based on the graphic novel series, but he also wrote the screenplay, though, so that's kind of cool. Yeah, uh, that's, yeah, that is pretty cool. Um, having that direct involvement, I would imagine it's closer to the actual source content, which is great. I wouldn't know, but it would make sense if that were the case. Sure. Um, oh, what's her name was in this, too? That's right. The one who was in most of the flashbacks. Um, what was her name? Quinn, I guess. She was oh. in Star Wars, right? Um, let me see. Didn't she play Rose's sister, the one in the seven and eight? I believe so. Uh, yes, she did. She did. Very cool. Good call. Good call out. Um, that yeah. Well, uh, we'll get again. We'll get to that in in, in spoiler territory. But uh, yeah. Overall, I would say you know. Yeah, but you, you, ha- you have your Netflix. I know. We talked about this earlier. We all have it. Uh, so <laughs> if you're home and you, you're looking for something to watch, throw it on. It's entertaining. The only the only thing reason I would say not to watch it is if you're maybe a little bit uh, skeeved out by gore. There's there's some gore. There's there's some stuff. That if you don't like violent deaths, don't watch this movie. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, even if they don't stick. Um, <laughs> but uh, but that you know, being they, said, they may not stick for the character, but they will stick in your brain. Let us let us lift the veil and and go into the spoiler territory for this film. Uh, I want to circle back quickly to what we what we were talking about before. Of uh, I think their names are Joe and Nikki. Uh, yeah, the two characters uh, yes. that are that are together in the film. They um, you were saying either go more or go less right that was like no the, i thought i thought they were i thought they hit the proper amount with oh, okay her. what i'm saying uh, is you, when you get like slightly more gratuitous with just like how deep we're going into the relationship with them that's when you get into this weird middle ground i thought they were at the perfect amount here if you're gonna do it you gotta go like all the way like yeah well the i i will say the, there was only my only concern with this actually kind of ties into what we we're talking a little bit about before with the politician of the show don't tell is they told us how in love these two characters were. I mean, they, they did a little bit of show and tell, but they, yeah, it was, it was a little clunky. The The stakes were never that high, though, considering well, that we never expected either of them to not have their healing power anymore. Until people started not having the healing power. And even then, though, they, I don't know, there was like, I feel like there was hints of who, of people that have like, you've been at it for a long period of time. I know that they've been at it for a while, but they're not the oldest. So like, as far as, whatever rules there are around when you lose your power, it doesn't just didn't seem like it would be them anytime soon. Anytime I don't know. We, anytime we talk about a movie or TV show where we ask, what are the rules? I always think of the premiere. From what the are the rules? Yes. <laughs> yes <I'm always> <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh, I saw that for the first time last year. It was, it really cracked me up. Yeah. Um, um, I, I get what you're saying. Uh, this movie also did end up becoming guilty of, what the walking dead has. You remember the beginning of the walking dead where someone would die and mm-hmm. then they would turn into a zombie like a year later mm-hmm. and how now anyone who dies turns into a zombie 12 seconds later, minutes later. Yeah. And how like earlier in the show it was like, Oh, it's different for everyone. So like some of them took like a year and some of them took like an hour and some of them took mm-hmm. like a few minutes. And Okay. You know what? Fair enough. 
Yeah. Uh, but now everyone turns into a zombie in five seconds. Yeah. This kind of happened in this movie too, where it's like, oh, she had her first death and it took her like however many hours to come back or something yeah. like that. And then it was like, oh, she had her another death. And it's like, and they, you know, they had a story reason. They said, it, oh, you know, the first couple times, you know, you kind of, it's pretty slow. And then, you know, get up. But then later it's like Booker died and then was dead. It's like, oh, wow. So I guess Booker is dead. Oh, he's back. Great. He's okay, back. Cool. Yeah. Uh, and then like, Oh, you know, this person took a... a I think now, what, okay, when entrails are involved, back, back, it takes back. some more time. Yeah, like, it just felt contrived to the plot. A hundred percent. It was whatever was convenient to the storytelling, for sure. Yeah, which, to an extent, I understand, because if you just bog down in the middle of an action scene, like, mm-hmm. okay, let's wait for him to come back. But if you want to add stakes... Make it random, right? Because or, the- or or they they didn't even really have to go that far. Like it could have just been as simple as yeah. If it's a little bit crazier, it takes a little bit longer. That's all it really needed to be. <laughs> that works too, right? Yeah, you get popped in the head, you know. Oh, but you fell off a fifty-story building. Like maybe it takes you a while for your body to like. Right, you get blown up by a grenade in your stomach, and all your guts are hanging out. Maybe it takes an hour. Like you know, but yeah. But I'm, like, I'm- I would have been good with like a kind of a randomization where it's like, oh, you never really know if this is your last. Because early right. on, like they post to you that, oh no, no one ever. Ha-. But then when, when she, when when Andy is realizing, like, oh god, I think my time has come, they peel back the curtain where it's like, oh yeah, no, like we we do know that like eventually it might be your time. Like, yeah, we just try not to talk about it, which you know, fair enough actually, because you wouldn't really want to. Mm-hmm. But it's still death, right? It's yeah. still yeah. So like, if you're gonna give it that sort of okay, this time might be real, right? Make it random. Mm-hmm. Oh, like like they did it the one time with Booker, and I actually kind of like that. Where it's like, oh, this is the first time it kind of feels like there's stakes. Yeah. Oh, he's okay, but like that that's fine ultimately because like we generally expect that he will come back. So when it looked for a second like he might not, it's like okay, you know, oh shit. So these are uh, like maybe we should be a little bit more worried, like not just assume they're gonna come back every time. Right. Right. But then like when everyone keeps coming back in five seconds later on, it's like, well, no. Yeah. They just try to they just try to move it along. <laughs> I, uh, I I just scrolled up and had this all, this note that I guess I wrote when I took <laughs> when I watched the movie early early on in the movie it bothered me. By the end it only bothered me a little bit, but not as much as it did early on. But I have this note that says tired disgruntled protagonist is tiresome and leaves me feeling disgruntled. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was it was a little bit much early on. It's like I understand. I get the why. It's just not very compelling as a narrative to have this character that is jaded Wait, at this the, point. The, the jaded, crusty antihero. Yeah, it's just like what? It's like oh, it it is tired. As it is as tired as she is. <laughs> you know what I mean? It, it only works when you're doing the parody of it, like in Into the Spider Verse, where. What the Chris Pine Spider Man is in the middle of a fight and he goes, God, I'm so tired. Yeah. <laughs> or or when Danny Glover is saying, I'm too old for this shit. <laughs> but like, that was the start of it 40 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> like, that created the trope 40 years ago. Right. We're still doing it and it's more than ever, it feels like. So, uh, a minor aside here with the phrase disgruntled can you be gruntled? Oh. That's been a running joke with me and some of my friends. Yeah. When you like, you have that, it's almost like a stoner thing where it's like, oh, you know, you could be disgruntled, but can you be gruntled? Yeah. Every once in a while, it's a drop in when like, you're talking to someone, you haven't talked to them in a minute, like, oh, how's it going? I'll just drop it. Oh, I'm feeling properly gruntled. 
Right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, turns out, though, gruntled, yes. Gruntled is a yes. You can be yeah. gruntled. Uh, next question. Can yeah, you be I am well- often can- properly gruntled. Can you be whelmed? Um, I have also said less often than gruntled, but I have also said I'm feeling whelmed by this. Yes. Uh-huh. Can you be shoveled? I don't believe you can be shoveled. <laughs> That's where I draw the line. I'm gonna no. I'm gonna start to let that one in as well. I've never. I've never. I've never considered. You're at a wedding. You got the tux on. You're like I'm feeling quite shoveled today. Yes. <laughs> or I'm looking quite shoveled. Yes. <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, awesome. Another note I have in here is obvious traitor. That's the old note that the note says is obvious traitor. <laughs> like it was like when it goes bad in the first 10 minutes of the movie, I was like, oh, that guy did it. <laughs> and it's like and then and then oh we're not going to talk about it you haven't you haven't been around for four million years at this point you don't know what a traitor looks like you can't i like come on you know it's this guy we all know it's this guy oh we're not doing that all right whatever we're not doing that and then they do it i'm like yeah but that's not fair because i called it <laughs> like hours well, ago <laughs> the thing is i probably should have called it then too but the thing is i wasn't paying that close attention the first few minutes so i forgot fair. he was the one who gave them the job yeah. Because had I made that association, I would have been like, oh, yeah, so he's a traitor. Yeah. Uh, but then I would have been just sitting there racking my brains for the rest of the movie, like, why? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm actually glad that I didn't. Uh, Fair. <laughs> um, Fair. Yeah, but I think you have two different things that you're running. It's like, okay, you're... Well, first of all, in that BuzzFeed quiz, they said a thousand years old. She was definitely much more than a thousand. Mm-hmm. She was several thousand. Yeah. Um, but regardless... Right. I think I said a million years old, which was a, too too many. What's that? I think I said a million just now. A million yeah, years no. old, which is too no, many. No, I, I get it. Um, I <laughs> four. I think four million is what you said. <laughs> oh, yeah. But regardless, you know. Just right. Like you said, they've been around the block a few million times, so mm. they should be able to see a traitor. But also, you deal with that whole, well, we've been best friends for, oh, I don't know, a thousand years, and you don't want to believe. That's fair. That's fair. I do think that there is a there is a different movie that could have been done in here that would have reached uh, a much smaller audience. But if we were to just explore the psychological aspect of what they're going through, I think that could have made for a very interesting dramatic movie. We're going to get a prequel of just <laughs> stuck underwater. Oh, my God. It's just like four hours and it's a loop. <laughs> Oh, God, that's horrible. Yeah, don't like that. Unsubscribe. Oh, also, when they showed that, I was like, okay, there's your sequel. Like, I knew immediately, like, this isn't getting resolved or even addressed in any way, shape, or form throughout the rest of the movie. That's what the second one's going to be about. And then post-credits, that's what the second one's about. (laughs) Not even post-credits. It was like the movie ended, and immediately the stinger happened. Like, not even, like, the the hint of we're getting it post or mid-credits, whatever. Um, But the only... The only bit of doubt I had was, oh, is this one of those, like, Resident Evil type situations where, like, oh, she's the final boss? Like, she was the one pulling the strings the whole time? Like, or mm. Darth Maul and, and Star Wars, or Solo, a Star Wars story where, oh, we find out, like, and, like, that's what the sequel is? It's like, oh, we have to, or, like, she's just, like, the final boss fight or whatever, but... Sure. Uh, I actually prefer this way to look at it if they are truly going to tee up sequel. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's fun. I was just saying, like, when it happened, I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, that's that's later's problem. We'll deal with that. For sure, it was Chekhov's Drowning Iron Maiden. <laughs> we, need, we need to start. We have to make a point of doing that for every episode and calling out that very specific thing. Um, 
<laughs> I like I that. that. Keep a that. running list, you know? <laughs> also, if you want to call me that in a future episode, you can. <laughs> <laughs> that happened, that happened in, in when me and Dominic were watching Sunset Lesson the night before. There, something specific happened in the show. I was like, oh, come on. That was Chekhov's whatever. But it was like, again, like Drowning Iron Maiden, where it's like an absurdly specific long phrase. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even remember what it was now, but it's like, okay. Because he was like, foreshadowing much? I was like, no, that wasn't even foreshadowing. I said, this and was foreshadowing. I was like, that was just a full-blown Chekhov's blank, blank, blank. Right. <laughs> uh, so, well, what about some of, the, some of the favorite moments? Give me a favorite moment. Oh, I totally forgot that we were supposed to do that, but my notes page broke and or died. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. I really liked some of the fight choreography where they chose yeah. to incorporate like the teamwork aspect. I thought it was really cool. Like if you're going to do this sort of thing, that's a good way of showing, not telling that these people have been working together for a few. Yeah, years. I, I agree the, the the choreography definitely played more than just fun scenery. It did make, it did make for that feeling of like, a, I know what's next. You specifically the handing off of weapons and ammo. Yes. Mid motion was really cool. It's My, a bit of visual storytelling that's really yeah. cool on top of looking really cool. Mm-hmm. And then the only thing that bothered me, also when they dive in front of bullets for each other, even though the other person is not really going to get hurt, I think that was cool too because that was like the friendship aspect of it, I feel like. Yeah. The very human they, they part of it. a couple of times that pain still exists. Yeah, exactly. And then, uh, yeah, I just think that the only, my only gripe with the choreography is there's... Uh, Within the past 20 years, there's been a lot, there's been far too much of like the tight camera work during the choreography, and it makes me a little bit disoriented. Yeah, I imagine. Um, I understand that like doing it that way makes it probably, I'm sure, easier to frame the shots and like the the steps and where to angle the camera and maybe not have to build much of a set around it. But yeah, it doesn't, it just makes me go a little, oh, <laughs> during, <laughs> during a lot of those scenes. Uh, but you know it's 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 not a big deal, uh, and it's it is quite gruesome. One of my favorite notes, well, favorite parts I have here is uh, it was more just an experience watching the movie. It was I was thinking early on. So uh, the new character that we find out uh, has the power. The team realizes, and they have to go get. They want to go get her. So Charlize Theron goes to get her, and I was like, "How do you move?" I was I was thinking as the scene was going down, "How do we move through this quickly?" How do we convey this message in the most reasonable way that it gets across clearly uh, and is not, I, I don't know, it, it's not too much of a showstopper. And I was like, I guess what she could do is get her alone and then uh, Charlie's Theron's character can just shoot herself in the head and come back real quick. And that would be an indicator. And I was like, I guess that's one way to do it. And as I'm thinking about this, she then proceeds to shoot the new girl in the head. I was like, or that. <laughs> I was like, that's a little bit mush. <laughs> but, uh, I don't know. It, it still leaves some questions. Did you actually hit me? You know, you know she's got to figure it out. She's like, is there a bullet hole in my face? You know, that whole thing. But well, uh, uh, So that actually leads me into my least favorite thing. Not that specifically, because you kind of, like, I, you, you figure that's coming, right? Where like, yeah, yeah. oh, she's just going to shoot her, and it's both going to prove a point and also allow her to drag her out of there. Great. Then she escapes, or well, actually, yeah, that's what it happened, right? Like she escapes and she shoots or whatever. Mm. When she fights her again on the plane, I know. Set, set up a cool sequence, but it's like, come on, yeah, you are, died. Are, aren't we done with this? Yeah, like you've died. Uh huh. Come back, confused, fair, sure. Lot, lot of questions. 
you don't believe this person, she shot you and killed you again, you're going to fight this person again? Right. Like, right. you're not stupid. Don't be stupid. Like, I, I, like I can understand standing on your principles. Oh, the, like actually, like if that was what it was, it was just like, no, I'm not going to like agree. Well, and then she gets shot again. It's like, okay, fine. Like, like let's let's hear. Well, like, why well, we have to have the fight sequence where it's like, no, we already established that you can't die and she can't die. They, well, they had to they had to do that to set up Chekhov's. Oh, you don't speak Russian, do you? Which that whole <laughs> scene was built around that whole thing, which. Was entertaining for what it's worth, but it's like, <laughs> I hate, like, that's an example to me of frustrating and or bad writing. Where it's Yeah. Like, no, like, after you've been killed twice, I think you kind of get it. Yeah. You know what bothered me about that is the payoff is that they could say it again at the end, but it's a complete misstep at the end when they say it. What? The whole, like, she, like the I told him to play dead. Oh, yeah. Was what right, and then she says she like says to her. I think uh, she says either she either says play dead or she says something about speaking Russian, and she understands what to do. Yeah, and I was like, this is stupid. The actually that entire end sequence I have under that entire end fight sequence I actually have under um, least favorite moments of play dead. So she so the character that can't die ducks for no reason. Uh and then the character that can die is in immediate danger. And then <laughs> the character that can't die pummels the other character with an axe and then dives out the window with them. <laughs> that was unnecessary. That, and the, yeah, and then the joke of faster than taking the elevator. And I, and I go, yeah, and the only reason for that scene <laughs> is so that we don't have to watch you take the elevator. Yeah. <laughs> that was dumb. But uh, I don't know. That for whatever reason, that 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 just bothered me. It just seems like we're gonna do all this crazy stuff, all this crazy stuff, all this crazy stuff. They're like, we're done. Hit him with the action, jump out the window. All right. <laughs> <laughs> and see. Yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. Uh, I want to get into some of these uh, goofs that are in uh, that are in IMDb's uh, tab for this uh, for this movie while. Uh, some of them are goofs. More of them are just people just being such dicks for no reason. Like they just they just want to be mad about something. Um, let me see if I can pull up the one that really got me before. Oh, this one this one's great. This is somebody being like a like at about four minutes and forty second and the forty second mark. Very specific. Charlize Theron eats baklava, Turkish dessert with syrup. However. She lists the ingredients of a completely different Turkish dessert. <laughs> it's like, okay. <laughs> I mean, is it worth getting all like bent out of shape over? No. But on the other hand, like, just get it right. You oh, I mean? 100%. Like, get it right. But I mean, like, like taking... It is frustrating when people do like that. It's like, no, like, if you were going to go through the half-ass effort of, like, trying to do that, just fucking get it right. Sure. Sure. Get it. Yes, get it right. Uh, but don't. Don't waste your time on this in the IMDb goofs section of the. Oh, movie. for sure. Well, and that, like that, I see like a lot of that with conversation. I mean, listen, we've been doing what this 140th episode of this show. We're not professionals in the sense that we don't get paid. We've never formally studied this stuff, but we've watched a lot of movies. Yeah. I think that generally we have some decent takes. I'm sure, sure there's better. There's definitely worse. There's so many times that I read or watch other people's work, and it's like, I get so frustrated when people, like, willfully misinterpret what's going on. Yeah. It's like, 
You can't be that stupid, can you? Yeah. Like, you're just doing this wrong. Because we're not in the realm you, of... You came in there deciding that you were going to be annoyed by it and you're going to pick out like these random things? Like, that yeah. kind of thing? Well, no. It, like, you're trying to think critically, except you're not actually trying to cr- think critically. Because if you stopped and thought about it for one second, you would realize how woefully... Like, we're not even talking opinions here. Like, you are, like, actively misinterpreting what is mm. being told to you. Or... There are so many times where it's like people just get so lost in the forest for the trees where it's like yeah, yeah. stuff like this. Oh, how stupid is this movie? They got this fucking Turkish. Yes, it's an annoyance. I totally agree. Yeah. What you're saying that they should get it right is totally valid. But like, I don't know, in The Godfather, if like Al Pacino like mispronounced something in Italian, like the movie's not valid anymore. Like, right. Well, okay. So here's here's two in a row that are gonna be they're gonna be the opposite ends of this. One of these is definitely just someone who is stoned, uh, uh, and that is the one that says bullets eject themselves from Andy's body as she heals after being shot, and yet she's seen wearing multiple ear piercings throughout the film. <laughs> that I think that's funny. That's just funny. A, that's a Again, funny observation. Not really world breaking, but that's a funny like thing. This one, the person seems to have. There, there's something deeper going on here. The scene in Surrey, England, where they are driving across the grassy field, going to the mansion. The car used has curved down. Exo- nope, this is the one. Sorry. Uh, it's <laughs> where is it? Where is it? Where? Sorry. Oh, here it is. It's unusual for an American film or rep. It's un. This is, I'm going to change the words to what these are meant to be. It's unusual for an American film to represent England so well. The cars were on the right side of the road. The local signage was correct. And strangely, as almost every movie gets it wrong, the license plates were correct. All this hard work was undone by the train sound effect. It was clearly an American diesel train going past on an English electric line. (laughs) (laughs) Which, again... Funny, <laughs> not really a big deal, right? But you know what? I don't live in England, so maybe it, it is kind of offensive to the ears. Because I mean, there's times where I see stuff where it's like taking place here, and it's like, has that person been there before? Do they have mm-hmm. any idea what they're talking about? <laughs> and then this one was right on the line, uh, in between the two, uh, in between the stoner's observations and the person that's disgruntled for the wrong reasons. The iron coffin that co- that. Is it Quinn? I, I Quinn? So. Quinn? The iron coffin that Quinn has put in would have rusted away long before the 500 years it has been since she was dropped into the sea. <laughs> you know, fair enough. I don't know the science on that. I, I Or at least the lock would have been. Or the latch, enough to, to break it open. Yeah, well, but you're not going to... Think about the crushing depth that they're at. You're not going mm. to generate a lot of force to snap that lock. Uh, that's true. That's true. True. Although, what kind of what kind of strength does she come back with in between those deaths? Mm, that's a good point. Does sitting at the bottom of the sea for that long with that amount of pressure sitting on her is she going to be stronger for that when she comes back? <laughs> she comes out of the water. Oh, I have a new superpower! I can jump to the moon. <laughs> <laughs> well, I gotta say, it does stretch credulity a bit that she could survive when you consider how many times the, the rest of them died, and like it seems like eventually, like everyone has a counter and the. The counter is a little different, maybe, like, but it's many times you can die, right? Mm-hmm. She has to have died more than the rest. Uh, of the yeah, I never, I never made the connection that it was like a that it was a counter as much as it was a certain amount of time being passed. But it felt like to me it could have been like an either or situation. Like, like think of like 
getting an oil change in your car where it's like three months or 3,000 miles. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Where it's yeah, like, yeah. like, okay, 500 that's, years. That's fair. Or 5 billion deaths. Because she was basically living and dying like every like two minutes. What if we find out that she actually got out a long, long time ago and knows that they're connected by these dreams and just occasionally drowns herself to fuck with them? Oh, until like her plan was ready? Yeah, that sets up a sick villain for the second movie. <laughs> I kind of like that. I kind of like that. I don't, I don't think that's what happened, but I kind of like that like mentality, like the thought process. Actually, I'm glad you brought up the dreams because it's been kicking around in my mind. I wanted to mention it. I kind of liked that whole thing. I do wish we got a little more info on it. Sure. Um, like the, the mechanics of it, you mean? or Yeah, like yeah. It, it was kind of a cool concept, right? Where they're so connected that they start to like see each other. And actually, in some ways, it reminds me a little bit of Sensei because that's kind of a similar overlap where it's like, oh, these are these same people. Like, I wish they had explored because one of them said, oh, if she can, if we can see them, if we can see her, she can see us. Like, she can be used as a beacon to find us. Well, fuck, explore that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, what does that look like? What is, how does someone twist this against them? Because mm-hmm. that sounds like a really dangerous thing like they wouldn't see coming. I'd like to know more about that. Yeah. That seems like a cool plot point you could work into this movie. There. There. Um, I also, yeah, I just, I think I just wanted a little bit more explanation of what was going on or, or like to use it for a more specific plot point other than just, oh, she's in the desert somewhere. I don't know. Sure. No, that's fair. Um, I'm trying to think. I don't think there's, I don't really have much else to say about this one. I, like I said, it's funny. I, I was like making most of these complaints are more just kind of jokey complaints. Overall, I, I did enjoy it. I, I, it was a perfectly fine and entertaining flick. Yeah, I thought it was performed ably enough. I thought they mm-hmm. were all kind of like credible in their roles. Better than it should have been is probably where it's at. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, the villain was a little bit gratuitously over the top and just how he's being him. Yeah, uh, <laughs> oh, that, that was definitely shocking where it was just like, who is this guy? Okay, I was like, he's definitely, you know, fueled by money. I get it. And then when he gets a little bit like physically psycho, I'm like, oh, that's new. <laughs> well, because we went from fueled by money to, oh, you know, maybe there's a whole greater good thing that's been twisted here. To, sure. Oh, no, he is a psycho. Yep. He's not like vindictive and cruel mm-hmm. yeah oh the neck breaking sequence that uh that was pretty crazy too i don't know whose neck got broken i, I think it is hang on let me get the characters names real quick uh one of the henchmen shoots nikki in the mouth and the, like the lead henchman and then when they're in the penthouse joe like jumps up flips him around and makes him land on his face so his neck oh breaks. yeah that, that was, was pretty that was intense that was pretty gnarly. That I remember that was an oh shit moment. Yeah, it was definitely some gnarly. Uh, yeah, that's actually I, I not so much an oh shit for me as I went, oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, now that you mentioned, yeah, no, that was a, 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 a moment I remember taking note. Like, oh, that was uh, that was something. Uh, well, that just happened. <laughs> uh, oh, actually, the complete aside, that's a that's a fun thing that they do on Justin Long's podcast that it, when him and his brother connect before and after the show, the after the show segment is, well, that just happened. Where they, where they recover after the interview that they did. <laughs> okay, okay. It was silly. But, uh, yeah. yeah. Anything else? Any other notes on this, Jim? 
Yeah, I had something else kicking around in my head while we were discussing the dreams thing, and I totally lost it. So, I'm gonna go oh, oh, how about okay? Here's one. Uh, Copley is just he's he's way out of everybody else's league in this movie. <laughs> Geo is just like he is bringing it in a, to a degree that it does not need to be brought. <laughs> like, what was that? What was the the? <laughs> there's too ass off. He has too much ass. Extra no, no, ass. No, extra ass is when you do a very bad job. Oh, okay. You're not okay. trying at all. Acting your ass off, you lose the ass because of how hard you're acting. Yeah. Whereas if you have you have extra ass, it's because you're you're mailing it in so badly. Yeah, like what in that in that scene when he's in his apart in his apartment uh, talking about his wife, I was like, I don't I'm, like. I was not expecting you to bring the emotion that the same. I was not expecting you to tap into like that emotional delivery that you used in Twelve Years a Slave. Like I don't yeah. think I, what do you, like all right like you. So you just go big. That's your that's your yeah. Deal. He really You're, flipped the switch there. He yeah. Uh, he, he has way less ass now than he had before this movie started. I can almost picture another character in the scene completely being taken out of the experience of being an actor in the scene and just going, wow. <laughs> he's he's really good. I was not ready for that. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't mean Actually, it. No, you said that. He was really good. I'm thinking of uh, Billy Madison when uh, they're doing the athletic or the academic decathlon, and and the uh, what's the Eric plays the violin and it's beautiful. Yeah. And he goes and he blows the clarinet and he goes. He's good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And he starts hugging the clarinet in yep. shame. <laughs> that's so good. I haven't seen that movie in a minute either. But uh, That's a classic. Well, that's all for this week's episode of Flicks in a Six. We hope you enjoyed it. As always, if you have a movie for us to review or nuggets for us to discuss, you can send those requests to flicksinasix at thespintune.com or tweet us at thespintune and tune in next week for more movie and beer goodness. Until then, I'm Anthony Costanzo. I'm Al Thanks for coming out. <laughs> <laughs>